WrestleMania, yeah. Ray Charles. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome to Getting Some Color, episode 13, by the way. Uh, we're doing WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2 uh, because you want to know why? Because WrestleMania is going to suck this year. So we decided to go, uh, you know, watch some old WrestleManias that are, I will probably say these two are probably going to be better than uh, WrestleMania this weekend. Yeah. I mean, wrestling, as far as I'm concerned, is dormant right now. It's gone into hibernation. Mm-hmm. So, I can't. I cannot bear to watch it in this state right now. Yeah. So we're we're gonna go we're gonna go backwards. Uh, and our plan is, and I and Zach, you could tell me if I'm wrong, that we're gonna do these two, and then on the weekend we are gonna be uh, doing our favorite WrestleManias that we enjoy. That's right. So uh, keep an eye on that. So let's get into it because there is no wrestling news because Corona, the end. All right, we're done with news. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So it, it, it's going to sound a little weird on how we're going to do this because we want to get through these because there's a shitload of matches. So what, what you'll see is we'll do one WrestleMania 1 and then a, and one WrestleMania 2 like zigzag. So I'll mention it. Uh, so you know, you guys don't get get confused, but let's get right into it. WrestleMania one. Now, uh, the uh, what did they do the the national anthem right? And it was with Mean Gene, correct? Yeah, he, yeah, he sang it, which was like kind of weird, but it's Mean Gene, so I don't care. Yeah, and that's a trivia question, dude. Like. It, I wonder if somebody did a trivia be like, oh, who sang, you know, the national anthem for WrestleMania 1? Yeah, bet- you'd think at first they'd probably be searching like, uh, top selling pop artist 1985. Tom Petty. I don't know. <laughs> wow. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. It, it, you could tell that everything looked weird. Like, this is an idea that WrestleMania and, like, they want to make this big. So they're just like, let's name this WrestleMania. But, like, (laughs) they did this in Madison Square Garden. And always in Madison Square Garden pay-per-views, it always looks like there's, like, less people in that arena. I don't know if you got the same feeling. Um, I was actually surprised to find out that they had, I mean, they could have fudged these numbers. I didn't bother to research it. They said they had, like, 25,000 people there. Didn't look like it. Because <laughs> uh, I can remember, man, what was the last big event WWE held at Madison Square Garden? I think it was one of, one of the Royal Rumbles from like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, is that the one where uh, John Cena came back and he did like that, you know, looked up and Triple H was like, oh my God. Yeah, and I think Edge and Rey Mysterio had like an awesome match there or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember them saying like they had 19,000 people and I was like, that's it? Because <laughs> back then I didn't pay that much attention to like, crowd capacity Mm -hmm. or anything so i'm like wondering if it's just nineteen thousand men as well or maybe even less yeah but let's get right into it so on commentary is uh gorilla monsoon and um jesse Jesse which by the way 
It kind of annoyed me because he was like all being like, oh, cool daddy-o kind of thing. And he kept on saying uh, Gino Monsoon. Why? Uh, I think that's that's Gorilla's real name, actually. And I think they're just doing that just because uh, maybe out of habit. And I think at that point in time, they probably, I think Gorilla had just gotten in maybe into that position recently and everybody just calls him Gino. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. It was kind of like weird for me too. I'm like, why is everybody calling him Gino? That's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> He's like, Gino Monsoon, Daddy-O, and all that stuff. Um, I like the commentary. I think Gorilla Monsoon is probably one of the greatest commentators out there. Uh, Jesse, I believe, uh, he was a little rusty. He kind of was a hybrid of like, he was cheering for the faces, but he also like, mentioned like oh this is what you got to do to get ahead you got to be you know you got to do little heelish stuff here and there yeah i like i think both of them hadn't really quite found their groove yet because like yeah it's gorilla but he obviously wasn't like how he is later mm-hmm. like uh you know he's got some of his his little sayings and stuff yeah and jesse yeah he hadn't quite found his heel commentator persona yet not until WrestleMania 2, but uh, <laughs> all right. So Tito Santana versus the Executioner, masked Executioner. Yeah, and uh, I tried to look up the Executioner. I I looked him up yesterday, and I did I see that he was like in ECW or something like that. Let me go look it up real quick. I honestly just thought he was Greg Valentine for some reason. Uh, he was Buddy Rose, by the way. Okay, okay. I just, for some reason, I thought it was him because it just sounded like a good angle or some shit. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, his federations are AWA, NWA, WWF, Pacific Northwest Wrestling, World Wrestling Federation again, NWA, and then, wow, he kept on going back and forth. He must a lot got- of guys did back then. Yeah, and uh, his main name was, like, Playboy Buddy Rose. Oh yeah, okay. I know who that guy is. It's just he's the mass execution. I'm like, who the fuck's this? <laughs> Tito- it happened a lot watching both of these shows. Mm-hmm. Tito Santana had like a weird <laughs> fucking promo for me because he's like, you know, I'm gonna get the Greg Valentine, but like I have, you know, I give respect to my opponents. And then he said something that like lost me. I'm like. So are you not giving respect to the executioner? Is that what he's trying to say? And then I don't know. He has, to, he has to earn it, brother. He's in the big leagues now. Yeah, and then he's like, Arriba! And then he leaves. Yeah, that, that was his little catchphrase. He did everything with Arriba. And then and the executioner came out, and he just yelled shit. He like, yelled shit. I'm going to prove I am in the big leagues. Bye! And he goes out there. <laughs> so what do you think of this match? Because there was at times where I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then it got crazy, and then a lot of arm drags that, that were happening with Tito. So, what do you think? Um, I thought it was okay overall. Uh, mass executioner guy, Buddy Rose. Uh, I I'm not sure about this, but I think at this point in his career, he was getting kind of old, mm-hmm. and he seemed to be a lot slower. <laughs> and uh. Honestly, like most of the work was done by Tito in this match. Yeah, Tito was running the ropes really well. Yeah, uh, as I've watched some more earlier 
WWF shows and Tito Santana has been in them. I've kind of liked him more every time I've seen him. He's like, seems like a solid mid card guy. Haven't they like been fucking with his character throughout the years? Like he would be like this <laughs> Mastador kind of dude. And then he like was Tito Santana, like probably what he wanted to look like. But like, I guess Vince always had to put his like racist, you know, persona on, you know, the other uh minorities <laughs> in the rest yeah, before he's just tito he's just i'm tito santana it's like all right and then like yeah i think in that royal rumble 92 he was the matador mm-hmm. and i'm like what did they do to tito why is he a fucking matador god damn it <laughs> <laughs> but what? um yeah there was some cool crisscross action backdrop drop kick mm-hmm. sends execution to the outside that got like a big reaction when he did that yeah, there was a lot of it, it's weird watching this wrestling compared to like wrestling today because every time a guy gets thrown out you're like oh here comes the suicide dive or here here comes the i'm gonna launch myself you know over the ropes or go in the turn top turnbuckle like <laughs> when they get thrown outside of the ring in you know in the 80s and 90s uh it's like they just stare at them or they just get out of the ring and just start beating them up you know, the guy just sells out on the floor, like as he should, because he fell into the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it, kind of refreshing, though. Not always like holding the dive. Oh, mm-hmm. nothing happened. <laughs> uh, I didn't have any like, I, I mean, I respected Tito carrying the match because obviously the executioner seemed out of shape and probably gassed himself out at times. Um I did like that the crowd, when the uh, mass executioner looked like he was going to hit him in the nuts, you know, when you, you know, spread the legs and then you hit the stomach area. Like, you hear the crowd go, ooh, like, probably because they think, like, you know, he hit the nuts or something. Yeah. So I I also digged a lot of the submissions that were happening in in this uh, match as well. Yeah, there's a couple interesting little holds there you don't really see anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess just because people think, well, that's not crazy enough. I mean, I don't know. Some of those holes are, you know, they just cross the guy's legs and pull on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, I, I could, I think that might hurt. Yeah, I can buy that. <laughs> and Tito throws great punches, by the way. They look so, yeah, he, yeah, he does. So believable. Um, I guess his finisher is a figure four because we see both these shows back to back, and he puts it on somebody, and they act like it fucks him up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I didn't know Tito Santana's finisher was a figure four. Like, I actually just didn't know what it was. <laughs> there, There's a part in this match where uh, Tito's about to, like, I don't know if he was trying to do, like, a power bomb or something, but, like, he, he's setting up the max uh, executioner with the power bomb, and, like, the, uh, the executioner starts to, like, you know, throw him over and stuff. But it was weird on how he threw him over because Santana's legs were, like, bent, on like top of his head and it was like slowly bring him over it was awkward on, on when he did it yeah but uh i i i enjoyed this match i thought when i first saw tito and i was like who the fuck is the executioner and why why should i care about him and then the match happened and i was like not a bad opening not a bad opening at all yeah that's pretty much what i thought decent little opener mm-hmm do you have any else thing to say? Uh, anything else to say about this match? I can't speak today. 
Uh, no, not really. Um, I kind of hope as I get to go back more and watch more old WWF stuff, I'll get to see Tito go against other wrestlers, maybe that are not as beat up or you know injured or something. Mm-hmm. So would you would you give this match? I give this a five point twenty five out of ten. It's fine. I gave it a, a six out of ten. Ah. I I really I I thought I would hate because all the other Tito Santana matches probably because I saw the the Matador I was like this is fucking stupid <laughs> and he he probably didn't want to be in that uh gimmick so maybe he just was like fuck this I don't want to do this shit and maybe he, like I don't I don't know what the story is behind that I honestly don't know that much about Tito mm-hmm. but yeah six out of ten. Now we're going to go over to WrestleMania 2, and we're going to do that clusterfuck of a first match. And we are going gonna... to... Rachel's! <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh... <laughs> so we see Vince McMahon in this, uh, because they didn't... He wasn't in the first one, right? Did they mention him? No, uh, I, Vince wasn't anywhere on the show. Yeah, so it was like... In my mind, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty early for Vince to be in WrestleMania 2 When I when I found him, yeah. But to to give you guys a pers- uh, perspective of what WrestleMania 2 was, it was in three different locations in New York. Uh, it was in the uh, Nassau Coliseum, which is in Long Island, which Vince McMahon said is in the shadows of the of Manhattan. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed he said that. I'm like, wow, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> so he's pretty much saying that, like, you know, Long Island is shitty. Uh, and then, you know, they had Chicago and in Los Angeles. And by the way, in the 80s, Chicago still fucking is a crazy crowd. Yeah, they were uh, pretty rowdy in Chicago, actually. Mm-hmm. And... um of course, they had different commentators in this one. Uh, in New York, they had Vince McMahon and that actress, I believe. Her name was Susan St. James or something like that. That's right. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. Me either. This is going to be a recurring pattern. <laughs> uh, and then I know in Chicago, it was Gorilla Monsoon with uh, Mean Gene, correct? Mean Gene, and then that Battle Royal, Ernie Ladd, Big Cat Ernie Ladd was on commentary, and that was cool to listen to him. Yeah. And, and, it, uh, some, and some uh, some other actress or something. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot her name. I think she was, like, she was annoying. Like, is Susan, what I really liked about Susan is, like, she got into the commentating while the other chick was just, like, Oh wow, that's crazy! I yeah, think... she like she actually kind of tried to get with it after a little bit. Like at first, she was a little awkward with Vince, and then she kind of rolled with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Los Angeles had uh, Jesse Ventura, Elvira, hot, yes. hot by the way. Uh, and it, th- there was a third, right? Who? Oh, yeah, Lord Lord what? Alfred Hayes. Yeah, <laughs> the incomparable Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah, that was funny. But anyway, three different locations, and the first match was the magnific- magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji and Paul Orndorff, uh, which I have to say, 
probably worst match of the night. <laughs> it was, and it's so weird because I, I don't I still don't really understand what happened. And I haven't tried to research it any. I feel like there's probably a story behind this. Yeah. Uh, because you would think because even the commentator, even Vince was like, now we're just waiting for the referees and you know the timekeeper to tell who has won, and nothing happens. Yeah, like like basically the match starts and it's like awkward from the start because like they're having like a bunch of technical issues, like a bunch of audio visual issues right from the start of the show, mm-hmm. and this this plays out through the entire show, um, and. Like they they tried to play audio from earlier interviews with them over the match, and that was like really weird. Uh, and then they kind of go at it for a while, and they go outside and they fight, and it, it like it seems like this thing's starting to heat up. And then the bell rings, mm-hmm. and everybody everybody seems confused. I remember I even saw Howard Finkel like standing in the ring after it was over, and he like looked over and shrugged. <laughs> he was like, "I don't I don't know what the fuck's happening." <laughs> Yeah, because even like the, like you said, the startup, like when they're yeah. in- introducing, like Morocco looked like he was fucking crazy. And Paul Orndorff is like, I'm going to fuck you up. And then all of a sudden, like from there, you just don't remember the match because it went all over the place. And I wonder if we have maybe like a a Jeff Hardy incident, maybe. Maybe one of them were fucked up. I don't know. I don't think Paul Orndorff ever did any drugs or anything, actually, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe steroids, you know, but I don't know about that. I always heard he was a clean guy. He just, he was like a gym freak. Yeah. Which shows. Um, I like both these guys. That's why I was, like, really disappointed about this match. Mm-hmm. Don Morocco is, like, kind of like a, I feel like he's kind of like a sleep, a big sleeper hit wrestler from back then. A lot of people don't remember in WWF. Yeah. Like, every time I see Don Morocco have a match in some older WWF stuff, I'm like, that's pretty good. That guy's awesome. How come nobody talks about him anymore? He looks like a... And this is not knocking him on it anyway, because uh, Lou Ferrigno was, like, huge. He looks like a chunkier Lou Ferrigno and shorter. Yeah. And Paul Orndorff, in my opinion, is kind of another guy that's just kind of forgotten about. Yeah. And he... And uh, we'll talk about his match in WrestleMania 1, but that's later on. Um, this was a, oh yeah, this was a double countout, apparently. Yeah, and, and that was weird because they started off the match a little slow because they were just like, oh, we're going to do some, you know, joint manipulations and stuff, and we're going to bash each other on the turnbuckle. And then out of nowhere, like, they both flip over. Yeah. And. They get counted out, and then, like, <laughs> Paul Horndorf just fucking grabs a chair, and he looks confused. Like, the referee's like, no, you guys are done, you guys are done, and then that's the part where Howard Frankel's like, I I don't know what's what? a, what's happening here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, I, the, the thing that stood out to me was the crowd very audibly chanted bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. Because <laughs> Vince was like, well, the crowd doesn't like it. Yeah, he's like, oh, the crowd isn't very happy with this decision. <laughs> and I, I and I like that uh, in WrestleMania two, all the wrestlers had to be escorted by like policemen and shit. Yeah, yeah. they used to do that a lot back then. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what else to say. This match was a 
highly disappointing because I actually like uh, Mr. Wonderful, uh, Paul mm-hmm. Orndorff, and uh, I don't know mu- much of Morocco, so I I was like, he looks intri- he, he looks like a big dude. He looks like a, a Vince McMahon kind of guy. And... There, uh, there was a match I saw on, you know, the Ricky Steamboat DVD set came out like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. Yeah. There's a match, I think, with him and Steamboat on there. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. Or maybe, maybe it was just because Steamboat's in there with him. I, I'm not saying he carried him because mm-hmm. he seemed pretty solid. But like, I was like, damn, this guy's cool. And nobody talks about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gave this match a two out of 10. The only reason I gave it, I gave it a three. Okay, yeah. The only reason I gave it like a two was like it started offline, and I think I blame that maybe something happened. Maybe maybe plans got changed on the run, and they just didn't like it. I don't know. We got to research this. Yeah. All right. Now we're going back to WrestleMania one with King Kong Bundy versus Special Delivery Jones. That's an awesome name. But this guy jobbed horribly. Yes. He got, he got squashed, like capital, all capital letters squashed. Yeah, to kind of give you a notice that he he lost in like 25 seconds. No, he lost in nine seconds. Oh, they actually have the time on here on Wikipedia at 25. So oh, they... I think, well, that's probably, they kept saying nine seconds. Maybe that's like the commentator kind of thing, or I don't know. I guess, it seemed like it, it seemed legit bell to bell though, because it was like right after the bell rang, like Bundy fucking threw him in the corner and and avalanche him, and then he splashed him and he pinned him. What's your uh, opinion on King Kong Bundy? Um, I've heard a lot of interesting stories about him. Not like he's like an asshole or anything like that, mm-hmm. but uh, like he's interesting because he's kind of like he's like a monster heel, but he's like, he's pretty well spoken in like one of the later interviews in WrestleMania two. Um, and apparently he's pretty funny guy. He had like a stand up comedian career, like in the nineties, I think, I think he retired from wrestling and did stand up for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. He's, he seems like an all right, like monster heel guy from like eighties WWF. And I love that Jimmy Hart, like, he manages, like, every fucking people in the WWF. So, so yeah. does Heenan. Yeah, Heenan and uh, Mr. Fuji. That's why I want managers to come back so badly. Mm-hmm. Because it was so awesome to see Jimmy Hart. But uh, what do you think of their promos, by the way? I, th- I thought Special Delivery Jones was funny as fuck. I, right after I saw his promo, I was like, oh, he's going down. I was like, this guy's getting fucking destroyed. Like, I just knew it. Mm-hmm. But um, I got. I guess that brings me like the. I thought they were just. Eh. I was gonna say I don't like how they were doing promos on WrestleMania one. I thought that was really weird. Like, there's this thing where it's like they're obviously all pre-taped, mm-hmm. and it's just Mean Gene back there, and they always go back Mean Gene in the locker room, and then he says okay, and then they t- he talks to one guy, and then he very quickly says something like within fifteen seconds, well, I think- and then. They- then he leaves, and then the, the next guy, the opposing guy, comes up and does the interview right after. And I'm like, this is, like, weird. It's like they're both standing there talking shit about the other guy. <laughs> and they're, they're, it's just like, all right, now you set, you talk for 15 to 20 seconds. Okay, we're done. 
I don't know. I thought that WrestleMania 1 had a better uh, presentation because the, WrestleMania 2, I felt like it was all over the place because there were some audio promos that were in WrestleMania 2 where we were like, here's what this guy said. And then you just hear like their promo in the background with no video. And then there was, yeah. and then there was some like obviously sort of Macho Man and stuff. There, there was some more traditional promos, or like at least what I thought was traditional promos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I guess they were trying more different stuff into, and maybe, uh, some of it didn't pan out. Obviously, uh, I think there was supposed to be a Steamboat interview, and they just cut it <laughs> because, it, like, when that match started between him and Herc, it was like. You could see like a brief flash of Steamboat. Looks like he was backstage talking, and then it was gone. <laughs> and I was like, "What the? God damn it! I wanted to hear him talk." <laughs> but uh, yeah, so into the match, there's really nothing to say. Like King Kong oh. Bundy, Bundy just fucked him up. He fucking splashed him, and he's dead. Yeah, and <laughs> I just rated it because, like, oh, that happened, and I get it. What? Why they're trying to do? Because they're trying to build them up for WrestleMania too. It looks like this is like his starting point, I guess. Maybe. Uh, this is back when Vince used to plan really far ahead mm-hmm. instead of just. Uh, I guess I'll do it tomorrow, pal. Yeah, I gave it a five. <laughs> I gave it a five out of ten because I was like, "It's okay. I get it." I did not rate this because uh, I don't rate squash matches. Okay. Uh, just because I, I don't think there's anything to really disseminate in it. It's a very short style match that has a very specific purpose. Mm-hmm. You can't really have a bad squash match or a good one. Yeah. Except for Sid. Like that one match I showed you where Sid fucking destroyed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's one of my favorite squash matches. <laughs> uh, quickly, uh, speaking of squash matches, the, I know we don't want to talk about news or, or AEW or WWE, but Lance Archer had a match with fucking Marco Stunt and he like owned him. Like he threw him. Fucking God. He threw him all over the ring. Did he like try to do offense? Did he no sell it? That's the question. Who who knows? Uh, did, did did Marcos try to do anything to him and then did, did Lance Archer no sell it? Uh he, he tried to like do like Hurricane Ronas and shit and like Lance Archer like uh turned it into like a choke slam. <laughs> I'm just imagining that. <laughs> And he like oh he like flinged him out of the ring. There was like a random pole that was on the outside of the ring, and he like threw it at the pole. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. But back to uh, old wrestling here. Yeah. Um, we're gonna move on to WrestleMania two with Jake Roberts versus George Wells. I don't know who George Wells is, but he looked pretty buff. Um. Oh but... wait, did you skip Macho Man and George Animal Steel? No, I think I have that. Oh, you got it later. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's fine. Actually, do I have that? Hold on. That was some, that's what came after the opener. Yeah, just give me a second. Okay. There's a lot to go over. <laughs> yeah, and this was in the second one, right? Hold on. Uh-huh, WrestleMania 2. Fuck it. I forgot to put that on the thing. So, let's let's talk about Macho Man. Yes, let's. Yes. So Macho Man Randy Savage versus George Steele. And um was this his debut year in WrestleMania 2? Uh 
I don't think it was his debut year. I think he debuted in WWF the year before, but he wasn't at WrestleMania, I don't think. I think they signed him a little later in the year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, when he when he showed up, when they I, I didn't really remember who was on the cards for these when I looked at it before. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Macho Man came up in a promo, and I'm like, yes. And then I found out he's having a match, a singles match. I was like, yes, finally. <laughs> Because we watched a few older shows, and there was like one where just Macho Man was just not on the show for some reason. I was like, "Why the fuck is he not on the show? <laughs> where is he?" Yeah. Um, and man, this was great. <laughs> At least, I mean, I'm not saying it was amazing, but it was just a really good, fun match. In my what what during the like commentary, um, what do you call it? There was a point where she was like, uh, Susan was like, "Oh, you know, George Steele is a." You know, cares about the ladies unlike macho man because this this was like when macho man was treating miss elizabeth like you know like shit right yeah he would all he would like use her to distract and like maybe like get behind her as a barrier and she just kind of awkward like no don't and then he'll like sneak attack and get get a opportunistic hit in and shit yeah and i think that uh the we call it the promo where he had the Intercontinental Championship, and he's like, "Come here, Miss Elizabeth, touch my uh, Intercontinental Champion." It changed my mind, and he like pulled it away. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll link it to you later. But like, he's like treating her like shit, and it's fucking great as far as like uh, wrestling and stuff. But uh, yeah, the Macho Man is. He could fucking carry anybody, dude, in a match. And, like, George Steele was great. He played it gr- great because, you know, he was crazy with the, uh, you know, biting the the turnbuckle and stuff. Uh, I, dig, yeah. I dig the whole... They used the styrofoam back in the day for the turnbuckle? I guess. I mean, I don't really know what's in them now, but I suppose so, because that was one of the animal's things, is he would always eat the turnbuckle stuffing. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, wow. And I loved how he like rubbed the styrofoam in his fucking fit in his eyes and shit. Yeah, I could tell, like, I, I don't really know that much about how George Animal Steel was backstage or anything. I always heard he was a really nice guy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like real cool and easy to work with. But when I watch his match, like what I know about Randy Savage, I kind of feel like he's the one that planned this. Yeah. Macho Man is uh, kind of, I mean, I don't want to say notorious, but I don't know what else to say. He's a stickler. He is a stickler for pre-planning matches, like, down to every point. He was one of those guys that would always pre-plan everything ahead of time. Yeah, I remember Ricky Steamboat saying that uh, during uh, WrestleMania 3 when they had their match before, like, they were training and stuff. And he, he came up to Ricky Steamboat with, like, a list. He's like, he's like, I thought we were going to talk in the ring. He's like, no, this is what we're going to do. Memorize it. <laughs> just how, it's just how he was. Mm-hmm. And it, it, um, he did it great. Yeah, because like, I just noticed, like, I haven't, I haven't seen a ton of, of Savage matches yet, but I've seen enough to kind of, I can tell, like, okay, yeah, this is Macho Man doing a lot. <laughs> there was, like, a bunch of just visually interesting spots that happened through the whole match. You know, like, like, that thing where... The animal bit his leg, 
Mm-hmm. He was doing all that bailout shit, you know, getting heat. Yep. Then they fought with the stuffing, and then there was that part where, like, a Savage rolled out of the ring and grabbed, like, a bouquet of flowers. They started hitting each other with it. Dude, he made it sound like it hurt, though. Yeah, especially when Animal got a hold of it. He beat the fuck out of it. Like, those flowers were, like, exploding. Mm-hmm. It was just a cool visual. And, uh... Macho Man did a lot of high flying stuff in his match as well, so it was like really every time like he went on the t- uh, turnbuckle, people were like ooh and ah and, and stuff because people are not used to that. Uh, yeah, that, in his in his earlier years, yeah, he would do a lot of that stuff where he'd do like the axe handles off the top onto the floor, mm-hmm. or do that shit where he just jumped from the ring to the outside and landed on his feet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, fucking messed his knees up though doing that. Uh, because, like, when you see him when he's a little older, you notice he kind of doesn't do that stuff as much anymore. So, I guess this is, uh, you know, we always talk about the rules in the WWE. So, when, you know, Steel is, like, biting him, so I guess that's allowed, or you can hold it for five seconds? Is that is that what I'm going uh, I, I'm going to say because he was biting through his boot. But he also, he also bit him in the arm. Oh, that's right. I, well... The the way the commentary tried to frame it was like, well, maybe the referee feels sorry for Beth too, so he's just being lenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, I can buy that, I guess. <laughs> he just kept on biting him in the arm. It's fucking crazy. That's what he did. He had a green tongue. He bit people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm trying to think what else. I like the part where he goes under the ring and comes from behind and shit. And, like, <laughs> George Seals, like, talking to Miss Elizabeth, like, where is he? And then he comes up behind and, like, charges at him. Yeah, he does that, like, knee to the back thing, and he fucking flies out of the ring. That was cool. Yeah. Um, Man, there was this... Nobody moves like Randy Savage in the ring. Nobody ever did after that either, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. He has a very distinct movement style, and he's, like... It's, like... I don't know. He moves around like a fucking, like, boxer or some shit. Yeah, he was very agile. And uh, he sold really well, too. Which I like in Siri. Why is Siri going on my phone? I didn't talk to you. But uh, it, it was a nice little match. It shows here as the time. Uh, I, what's over here? Because I have two windows open. Five, five, five and a half minutes, pretty much. Really? Yeah. It felt like it was longer than that. Like I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just like. I felt like that match was longer, huh? No. I didn't even notice. Exactly. And that, yeah. that's that's what a good, good wrestling match. We have a, a viewer, Mikey. What is up? We're talking Hello, about... Mike. We're, oh, it's Mikey. It's a she. Um, oh, Mikey. We're doing WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2. We're talking about it. We're talking about Macho Man Randy Savage versus uh, George Steele. Wasn't he the animal steel? Is that the animal? Yeah, he's the bite shit. That's what he did. Um, what did you give that match? I gave it a seven point zero out of ten. Same here. So it was just a fun, very creative match. There was there was not a dull moment in it. Mm-hmm. And there was some cool spots. I was surprised when Macho Man hit his elbow on on the animal and he kicked out. I was like, what? That's his finisher. I've never seen anybody kick out of his elbow, except I think maybe Ultimate Warrior and Hogan. 
Yeah. Which, sure. <laughs> I guess they were trying to make it look like he's an animal. You know, you you can't defeat him with a finisher. You have to cheat. And that's, yeah, that's that's still kind of I think when they were booking George Steele like a little serious. I mean, he is scary. Look at all that hair on his body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Now we can get to. We're still in WrestleMania too. Now we're gonna do Jake Roberts versus George Wells. Okay. So I I have to say this because it annoyed me throughout the whole match. Is Susan kept on talking about uh, Jake Roberts' snake? Well, and I yeah. get and I get it that it's they were trying to sell the snake as being you know terrifying and stuff. But she said it like I I don't want to see that snake, and I was like I get it. Shut up. People don't like snakes. And then uh, Vince was like trying to steer the conversation away, and like <laughs> and like she would go back to the snake again. And I was like, all right, whatever. But uh, did they treat George Wells as a, a jobber in this one? No, I don't think so. Oh, wait, got, no. like, a, this was like, in my opinion, this was like a reverse squash match. Oh yeah, which totally seems like something Jake Roberts would do. Oh yeah, that's that's right. He, uh, because J- Jake Roberts was getting fucking smacked around, and then he like turned it up a notch. Yeah, he kind of got his ass kicked for a while, and I was like, when I, when I saw Jake Roberts come out, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. this is Jake Roberts is prime. This is before he got the neck injury and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Just like, I, I really like watching him during this period where he's still like in shape and he's still fast. Mm-hmm. He's really good. And, like, you could tell, like, if you've, you've seen enough wrestling, you watch Jake Roberts, that dude is, like, a fucking master. He just a bunch of little shit he does is just super interesting. Yeah, and uh, I like his style, too. Like, like you know, things like, you know, like, George Wells is hitting him. I think he hits him a few times, and then Jake, like, is just doing, like, that blind swinging, like, boxers do and shit. Mm-hmm. Just, and he's missing, and he like when he was selling for him, he was selling his ass off. It was like oh, he was doing like rock bumps, like how you know how rock would roll when he does like a stunner when he gets hit with the stunner. <laughs> yeah. He was kind of doing that, and he was like bouncing off the ropes. It looked hilarious. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, and then um, because he was getting owned throughout the whole match, and then all of a sudden he just fucking out of nowhere, out of nowhere, hits that DDT and that DDT. I want to say best in the business ever. My opinion, yes. I've still never really seen anybody do a better one. Like, yeah, he he kind of does the old inside outside in switchery thing to George Wells, and he hits him with that knee lift. Mm-hmm. Which, believe it or not, knee lift used to be Jake Roberts' finisher. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, DT happened. But yeah, he hit that knee lift and DT, bam, over. Did you did you like what Jake Roberts was trying to call timeout? Yeah, he was like, "Oh, timeout, no, brother, please no." <laughs> he, uh, I like his fucking uh, trunks that he had on, or not trunks, like tights and shit, where he had like the, the snakes going up the the leg, blue snakes. Yeah, he he was like, one of the guys that had like a kind of any kind of style back then. A lot of people still wore kind of bland tights or trunks. Mm-hmm. And it, there was parts where I was just like, wow, is is George Wells going to win this? Yeah, <laughs> he hit a bunch of big moves. Like, he did that leg scissors, and I was like, whoa, I'm a big guy to be doing that move. Yeah, and, and it, 
And then he did the yeah he did the John Cena you know you know before like he does the five knuckle shuffle like he does that uh you know that that tackle that that tackle move like to like oh the flying shoulder tackle yeah yeah George Wells does that uh <laughs> and and then I remember Jake Roberts with his selling he had like a like you were talking about the Rock there was a point where he did like a Ric Flair where he like he shaked a little bit before he dropped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, "That's great." Uh, what else to talk about? Did they the post the post match snakening? Yes, <laughs> that was a good one. That's one of the better ones I've seen, actually. There was a part, uh, like after he like makes it look like he uh, squeezes him because it doesn't look like he squeezed him at all. The snake was like, "Man, I'm tired." But I, th- yeah. I for a second, I thought the snake died. Because, <laughs> because when after he takes it off of George Wells, like it doesn't move. Maybe it fell asleep. It was tired. Maybe. And, and what do you think of George Wells, like fucking uh, <laughs> spitting up like he was foaming and stuff? That was a great sell. That's one of the better snake cells I've seen. <laughs> the only one that beats it is Macho Man's when the cobra bites him because that was real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I still like the story with that, uh, where it's like Macho Man uh, brings fucking uh, Jake the Snake into the locker room. He's like, "Are you trying to kill me? You trying to plot to kill me?" Yeah, yeah. Fucking Macho Man, he was he was paranoid. I guess. I guess. <laughs> but would you get this man? I gave it a seven point five out of ten. I gave it a six point seven five out of ten. Okay. All right, now we're going back to WrestleMania 1. And we are going to do the Wendy Richter with Cindy Lauper versus Lanaya Kai. Leilani Kai. Leilani Kai. Because even Cindy Lauper fucked up on the promo at the end. <laughs> Couldn't even say it. Um, and the fa- fabulous Mulu was with Kai. So, um. I didn't care for this match at all. I thought it was okay for a women's match. I I clearly think that Wendy Richter is the better wrestler. Um, I thought Cindy Lauper was annoying in this match. Because every time they put like a close-up on her, she like screamed... Like, you know, I talk like this. And I'm like, shut up. It's just how she is. And Girls just want to have fun, motherfucker. I guess. By the way, they to- they totally took that out of the entrance. What? The girls just want to have fun. When, oh. when Originally, when they came out, it played her song. But they just overdubbed some kind of generic bullshit instead. Oh, yeah. I was like, God damn it. You ruined the moment. That was a, that was a kind of a iconic moment back then. I don't know. What, what what did you think of the match? I thought this was okay actually, just because of like, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think Wendy Richter was definitely the better worker out of the two of them. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's Jake Roberts' sister. Really? <laughs> yes. A lot of people don't know that. That's crazy. Uh, obviously, because she took a different name. Because then you just be associated with your fucking awesome brother <laughs> and then you would never be able to escape that wendy roberts yeah but um 
uh, I remember Leilani Kai. There was like a couple matches I think we saw, like that tag match with Jumping Bomb Angels. Oh yeah, that's right. She she was in that. She dyed her hair though and looked totally different. It looked like she aged a bunch. Yeah, and she it looked like she had that grandma butt. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like that's her. She looked totally different here. Man. Um, but I thought it was all right. There's a lot of very mat-based stuff. I'll give them props for this. They moved constantly. There was not a dead moment in the match. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I just, I didn't care for it. And I, I guess because, I don't know, women's matches back in the day weren't that great. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, though, this, even if you compare it to shit that happened in the 90s with the exception of some of the stuff they did with Alundra Blaze back then, mm-hmm. like a lot of the stuff after that, total garbage compared to something like this. Yeah, uh, but hey, Wendy did the attitude adjustment in this match. Yes, I saw that, and I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" <laughs> this is a pretty good one too. She just like caught her in midair and just went, "Wham!" Just fucking tossed her. Did you get? And I was con- like, "Damn, Cena stole his move from Wendy Rector." Yeah. Did you get confused on who won? By the way, at the end, because I was like, I know she got pinned, but at the no, same- I didn't. I-, I saw it happened. Uh, okay, what happened? Uh, like, yeah, Leilani went for that crossbody, and uh, I think Wendy was supposed to float over and pin her. You know how they do the crossbody float over pin? Yeah. Uh, she kind of wasn't able to get all the way up. She kind of flopped a little bit, lost it, and then got back over, and that got her the pin. Okay. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. And who was the random dude with with them, by the way? I don't know. It must have been Cindy Lauper's fucking boyfriend or fucking manager. Who knows? Because <laughs> I was like, what? They, kept, they said his name a few times, but I didn't quite get it. And I'm like, who, I don't know, who the fuck is this guy? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I gave this match a five out of ten because I was like, it's okay. I digged it for what it was, and I and I know I noticed it was like history because it was like Cindy Lauper's in it, and like, yeah, girls want to have fun. I gave it 5.5 out of 10. Okay. And uh, I, I I remember after this, I think it was during the match, I'm like, what happened to Wendy Richter? Wasn't she like kind of a big deal back then? And then she just kind of like got memory hold. I don't know. And I, I think there's like a story behind that actually, but I don't remember it. I think she got like fucked over. I think it had something to do with Moolah or whatever. And she got pissed and left, which is like, I don't know, stupid, because it seemed like she was popular back then. I guess, you know, she took her ball and run, maybe. Maybe. I guess. Because we'll to look into this. Yeah, more research. <laughs> we'll come back to you this, this weekend, and we'll tell you what we found. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to go to the other uh, women's match in WrestleMania 2. Fabulous Moolah versus Velvet McIntyre. No relation. No, no relation to Drew at all. Uh, I just want to say, fabulous Mula. I love how heelish she was in WrestleMania one and WrestleMania two. I like how she just snapmared the fuck out of Velvet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just grabbed her by the hair and snapmared her like twelve times. Yeah, and there was a part because I didn't even notice the because the referees were weird. Which arena was she in? Hold on, she was in Chicago at this point. Yeah, she was in the Chicago one, and like the referee in that match was like wearing demon like like jeans or like a khaki. It was weird with the the pants he was wearing, and he was having a polo shirt on. 
I didn't notice that actually. Yeah, I, I was too busy paying attention to what they were doing. I guess. Mm-hmm. And like it was so weird, uh, but like anyway, right up right when the bell rang, like she went after McIntyre, and Boyd is. I gotta admit, Mula was pretty great as a wrestler. Yeah. Even with that age, because <laughs> you can tell. Yeah, was... she can. She can still go. She had like kind of a brawly, just I beat the fuck out of you, bitch style. Mm-hmm. And why McIntyre has no boots on? By the way. Yeah, she always wrestled barefoot. Yeah, and she almost had a nipple slip during this match as well. I don't. Know, I don't know if you caught it. But like there, she uh, went on the top rope or middle rope, and. Like she she missed Mula, and like her breast almost came out. I was like, oh, you could just hear you know Gorilla going, oh god. <laughs> I didn't really catch that, but yeah, yeah. I, I I was like, oh, I saw her kind of mess with, her. and then I was like, ooh, almost. <laughs> but, but this was a quick match as well. By it the was way. very fast. It ended very suddenly and weirdly. Too. Yeah, like it wasn't like I'm confused. It was just like that's it okay <laughs> mm-hmm. like i think velvet started getting some offense in she's which was pretty good actually and because i've never really seen her wrestle either uh, and i was like she's pretty good like I, sometimes people bring her up when they talk about wrestlers back then that women's wrestlers that were actually good yeah and then she goes for like a splash and just like on the ground jumping from the mat splash yeah this is and mula just pins her <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's a weird pin too because when you think of a pin, you think of like uh, the body crosses on the other body, but this was no. this was like parallel to each other. She like <laughs> smothered her. Yeah, <laughs> and she had to assert her dominance. And the way the referee counted didn't even look like three. He was like one, two, and then like he did like a soft three, and he's like, "Ring the bell, you won." And I'm like, "That's it." Did Mula screw Velvet too? Maybe. I don't know. More research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gave it a 5.5 out of 10 because I thought Mula, I did. I thought they did great uh, with the time they had besides the ending. The ending was kind of a little weird for me. I gave it 4 out of 10. Okay. Just because it was like I liked what they were doing and then it was just it ended in a weird fashion. It was like, oh. Yeah, but it wasn't as bad and like disappointing as what happened with like Orndorff and fucking Morocco. I was like, "What the fuck? Why did you do that to these guys?" God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> All right, now we're going to WrestleMania one. By the way, was there any promos that we missed while we were doing it? Oh yeah, there was a promo before where they're kind of like advertising the battle royale with that one Atlanta Falcons player talking to John Stud. And yeah, I don't know who the fuck that is, that, that player. I don't know either, but, like, John Studd was, like, screaming at him. He's like, you're not, you're not supposed to be here. You're, you're, you're nothing but a, a freaking punk. Look at this. This is football. And he, like, crushes it. That's you, punk. <laughs> Damn, man. Fucking John, John Studd is fucking amazing. I love him. What happened to big John Studd? Research, man. I don't know. I think he died, like very suddenly or some shit mm. but i can't really remember yeah but yeah I'm, I'm looking right now to see if i missed anything 
Uh, they had the Joan Rivers kind of thing. And, uh, oh, hey, that was a celebrity I recognized. Yeah, and it was which and I, I thought it was funny that they referred to her as a comedian, though. Not because I'm like she's a comedian, no, but but it was just because like I don't. Joan Rivers is a work. I don't know how many people know that or not, but her her whole persona is is a work. Yeah, uh, and it like. And they, they, I, I felt like they just kind of blew the doors off of it because I, I feel like people didn't really think it was back then. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I don't know. It was it was funny to me. I, it, th- I I thought she was funny. She was funny, but it was like it was weird. I don't know. Yeah, it was a little awkward. Like that's that shit works when they're doing that red carpet jazz or whatever. Joan Rivers is out there. He's like, oh look at them! Oh my god, how are you doing? It's just. <laughs> I'm like just, that, that fucking obnoxious reporter shit. I'm just glad that like Vince McMahon decided we're only gonna have like maybe one celebrity in WrestleMania instead of like these past two where they're just like we're gonna invite this person and this person yeah. and this person. Well, WrestleMania one wasn't that bad. It's just that it's like they put all their celebrities in the main event, kind of. Yeah. And and then like some of them was like, what? But like in two, they go celebrity overboard. They get like fucking everybody they can. <laughs> and it's like the whole show is infested with celebrities. And honestly, like three quarters of them, I don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah. All right. WrestleMania one, Brutus Beefcake, uh, which was uh with Johnny Valent. Johnny Valiant. Valiant. There we go. He was funny, by the way. <laughs> Versus David San Martino with Bruno San Martino. Um, See, here's another one where I'm like, I didn't know his son wrestled. Yeah, and I didn't even look up to see. Let me let me look him up right now since I'm on Wikipedia. Let's see how far he went. Wow, only one year. <laughs> Probably because he's I like. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. This might spoil a little bit of the match, but I didn't think he was that good. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I and, thought he was boring as shit. Mm-hmm. And like I get it, okay. I know Bruno probably trained him, but here's the thing: like it seemed to me like he tried to wrestle like Bruno would, but he can't do it like how Bruno does. Yeah. Like when Bruno fucking punches people, it looks legit. It looks like he's actually hitting them, and I'm like, God damn, he's like swinging his whole body and shit when he does that. But when fucking his son does any of this stuff, it's just like kind of eh. <laughs> but uh the promo that uh beefcake <laughs> and Johnny what promo? It was Johnny Van. It was like it was like, are you gonna say anything, Bruno? Or or um Brunus? And he's like <laughs> like what? Fuck. <laughs> I I don't know what happened in that, but like I will say beefcake kind of saved this match a little bit. I don't think so. I disagree. disagree? <laughs> I think he sucks too. <laughs> like he was a little better. I think like, I, I actually, I don't know. I kind of think they were both like not good. Mm-hmm. Um, did you also notice that they said Bruce beefcake was from parts unknown in this match? Yes. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, what the fu- why is he from parts unknown? What the fuck. Because I guess beefcake, and because he did that promo where he farted into the mic, I guess. Like, maybe. what is he a flesh golem? 
like I don't I don't understand what his deal is. I don't know what his his gimmick is at this point. <laughs> I know he turns into a barber later, and then you learn he became like a massive stooge for Hogan, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a groupie. I don't know. I, um, I thought B-Take did pretty well. Uh, I think with David, like like you said, David was trying to be like his father, but he also tried to put his own spin to it a little bit, and it just didn't mend really well. And it was It was weird, too, because like he's kind of a big guy. He's more wide than tall. Mm-hmm. And they did this weird dynamic where it was like, He's, there's making him be like an underdog, but like physically, I feel like that guy could be just as strong or stronger than Brutus. And it, they did this, the dynamic was all weird. They tried to do this thing where it's like, oh, he's like inexperienced. He's trying to come back and then he just he gets cut off. And I just wasn't really buying it. You know what he reminded me of? He reminds me of like uh, an Italian kid that was fat and like had too much spaghetti and meatballs, but like. He started to, to like work out and get a little muscle, because you could tell like he he's a little chubby, but also he has the muscles to do it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there was one weird thing that David did that was like a submission where he like crossed uh, Brutus's legs and like he just like laid on him, and I was like, what is he doing? I don't know. Yeah, it was like he was trying to do holds and he didn't like he didn't... he got lost or fucking forgot what to do or i don't know and then there's uh, like i i'll give uh you know brutus credit because he was selling it a little bit bit uh, especially <sighs> there was a part where he was twisting his like when he uh brutus was on the back and <laughs> david is like twisting his like foot and he he kind of sold it a little bit i don't that know that was like the only time he sold any of the holds he did yeah because Brutus no-sold the rest of the holds he was doing. <laughs> I don't know if it was, like, on purpose or he just, like, sucked and he didn't know how to sell. I I'm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're he right. didn't really, Brutus didn't do anything in this match either. Wow, good job, man. Like, <laughs> you're, you're actually changing my mind about this match. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I watched all these matches intently, just as intently as I watch anything else. Mm-hmm. So this is this. I gave all this a fair shake, and this was like kind of a dud. Like it wasn't out and out rotten. Uh, mostly because Bruno got involved, and the crowd went fucking ape shit when that happened. Yeah, like with like Johnny Valiant fucking scoop slammed uh fucking uh David, and then Bruno ran over there and started punching him. It was like, like ah! I was like, holy shit! I didn't expect that. And they uh. They both got disqualified, right? Double disqualification. Yeah, because their managers were fucking hitting everybody, and it was it was over. Mm. I I think I remember hearing at this point like that. Uh, I think Vince wasn't wanting to use Bruno as much, but Bruno still wanted to wrestle, and uh, so he got stuck in I guess this weird manager role. And then like the next year, he's wrestling, <laughs> and but like. I don't know why he wouldn't want Bruno to wrestle. Listen to the fucking people react to him. I think after he saw his son, they're like, fuck your son, dude. You put on your tights. I guess so. I gave it a four. I, I actually changed it. I, I was at like a 5.75, but I put it down to a four. That's what I put it as, is a four. Because like I said, it wasn't like I've seen a lot worse than this. Mm-hmm. It, it, both these guys, I think, were trying. 
especially David, he was trying. It was just like eh, nothing was working. I, I don't know what Bruce Beefcake's deal is. Maybe he's still like pretty early into his career at this point. And he didn't quite figure it out yet. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest, I was never a fan of that guy that much, but I can at least recognize that he developed a personality later that got over. Didn't he have, didn't he have like, nine different personalities? I don't know if he had that many, but you got this weird, kind of like the dude from Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know if you've seen it. I guess you didn't see that movie, so you don't know the reference. But there's, like, this guy who's, like, this muscle-bound dude, and he wears, like, a bow tie around his neck like that, and he doesn't, he's almost incapable of speech <laughs> and like that that was the first thing it reminded me of is he rocky from rocky horror picture show is that what they're going for i forgot <laughs> i forgot what uh persona he had but he had his finisher move was called the high knee like you know that was like a word for like high knee like your butt that's stupid yeah i think that was during wcw why well, i remember he was this guy he's the barber and then he was Horus, I think, in NWO. Yeah, Horus was the, the personality where he had the high knee. It's <laughs> fucking dumb. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> let's get to this someone uh this match called a flag match, but they got pinned. Cause when I think of a flag match, I think of it and I know this is like modern. But like the remember when John Cena versus Rusev, where you, you take the flag and you bring it to like the <laughs> the stage or something. Yeah, yeah, I remember. But uh, this was a flag match. I totally didn't. I missed that. That's what they said. It was a flag match. I must have been doing something like when they were coming out, and I didn't pay enough attention. Yeah, but it was a uh, Corporal Kitchener versus Kirchner. Kirchner versus Nikolai Volkov. Who? Hold on. I mean, Corporal Kirshner. I know who Nikolai Volkov is. <laughs> who the fuck is that guy? I've never heard of him before. Corporal. Uh, Japan? He did Japan and, and WWF. That's it. He must have sucked. And he was a former United States Army paratrooper. He's, that sounds like that bullshit that Jim Hurd tried to come up with when he took over WCW. and He had like he called like Booker T GI bro or some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I did not like him at all. And I liked Volkov a lot better. And I love that Volkov always does the Russian uh, national anthem and everybody's fucking pissed off all the time. Oh my God. Every time he does that, it gets so much heat. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's like throwing garbage at him and shit. Yeah. And yeah, this this Corporal Kirchner dude sucks. His punches are so fucking phony. Mm -hmm. It's like every time he punches, he like very clearly jumps, and then you hear like the the thud on the mat, and it's like it's it's so over the top and stupid. Like, I think this is just Vince going like America, yeah, America. I'm like, well, you did America better in WrestleMania one when you had the fucking you know actually talented guys, Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham, mm -hmm. and then like that was better. I don't know. You could have picked better. Why didn't you do Hacksaw Jim Duggan? I know you hate Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but I actually <laughs> that would have made more sense. I would actually like Jim Duggan versus fucking Volkov than this shit match. I gotta say too, I I'm not used to seeing Nikolai Volkov be able to move like this because mm -hmm. I, I saw him later in his career where he was slowing down more. 
and I was like, wow, this guy's actually pretty decent. I it's I didn't know. Yeah, and you know, you have this corporal asshole guy. Like it was a quick match. I, I didn't I didn't understand why it was almost like a jobber match in a way. But like Well, I wouldn't call it a jobber match because Freddie Blassie tried to fucking interfere and throw his cane. Mm-hmm. And then Kirshner hit fucking Volkov with it. So I was like, well, he used a fucking weapon to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it, what a baby face. It was just really... <laughs> it was just, like, really, really fucking quick, though. I, I, I didn't understand it. I don't know. I, I gave this a match a 3 out of 10, because I, I was like, I like Volkov, but I just... What was this? <laughs> it was trash. I gave it 4.25 out of 10. That's pretty much because Volkov. Yeah. He was, try- he was trying, and then Freddie Blassie was out there and did the Kane thing, and it was kind of funny because the Kane came into play in WrestleMania 1. <laughs> that was fucking funny, too, by the way. Yeah. and then, we'll, we'll talk about that one later. <laughs> yeah, Corp- he, when did he start? Oh, the Kane? Is that when he started bleeding at, on his forehead? Wait. When did he start bleeding? Who? The fucking commando dude. I didn't know that he was bleeding. Yeah, he was bleeding from the forehead. Oh, I I didn't see that. I guess I, I was like, oh, this guy fucking cares. I literally called him Goober when I was writing notes about him because I didn't know who the fuck this was and he sucked. <laughs> Goober grabs the cane and fucking hits Volkov. I'm like, he beat the, the, the baby face, hit the heel with the weapon and beat him. Un- unsolicited. There was no weapon tease. You just grab, as soon as he had an opportunity, he fucking hit him. I guess in war, you do, you, you fight dirty, I guess. I, I guess. And I guess you just had to make it look like, you know, America on top. Yeah, brother. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to some good matches now. Uh, Ricky Steamboat uh, Dragon versus Matt Bourne. The original Doink the Clown. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, I hear like Matt Bourne was a good wrestler like it, it, but his his whole legacy is kind of overshadowed by being doink somehow mm-hmm. yeah i guess because that's how he got most of his exposure and uh i i this i don't know what it is but like i usually hate when there's a lot of like holds and stuff and a lot of arm drags but Ricky Steamboat does it really really well for me to actually enjoy it and i don't he, know it's because everything he does just looks fucking believable, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you can believe what he's doing. And uh, <laughs> I remember hearing, like, uh, uh, Monsoon and Jesse Ventura be like, oh, karate chop. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> he's doing knife edge chops. <laughs> it's weird. Like, I noticed this weird thing where, like, when Steamboat would leave Jim Crockett promotions, and go to WWF. Mm-hmm. They tried to saddle Steamboat with like this karate gimmick. Yeah. Sort of. And it got more over the top the longer he was there. Like to eventually to the point where he started coming out in geese and shit and a headband and everything. And and then they made they even changed the way he wrestled. They wanted him to do more of those martial arts strikes yeah. and shit. And, and if you watch Steamboat and like from WCW or Jim Crockett promotions, he wrestles totally different. 
Well, later in his uh, in the WWF career, he st- didn't he start wearing geese and stuff and like got more yeah. a- got more Asian. Like in this match, he just looks like a steroid fucking Asian that was doing like <laughs> uh, like he did the karate like at, at some point. <laughs> He was still pretty much Ricky Steamboat as as everybody else knew him at this point, but they're emphasizing karate strikes a lot with him. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he started wearing the gi and all that shit till like eighty seven or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for a big dude that Ricky Steamboat is, he could move. He was. I guess that's why him and. Macho Man got you know uh, matched up in WrestleMania three because they have similar, um, move not move sets but like style of wrestling. Yeah, they're both like kind of light on their feet and they can move very fast. They're all, both very fluid, like whatever they do. Um, yeah, Matt Borg was actually kind of good in this too. Mm-hmm. Every time I kept on seeing his hair, though, I kept on thinking, "Is that, is that Michael Hayes? I can't tell." <laughs> but Michael Hayes is like bigger and hairier, so yeah, he's he's much hairier. <laughs> uh, I was really impressed with Matt Bourne selling. Yes, especially the finish that was great. Like when he got up and like uh, I don't remember what happened, but Steamboat knocked him down. And then he went to the turnbuckle to do the crossbody, mm-hmm. and Matt Bourne got up and he's like, Steamboat jumps, and at that moment he's like, oh shit! Like he reacted. <laughs> Like, like he got scared and then he got crossbodied. I was like, God damn, that was good. See, nobody does shit like that anymore. Well, nobody does any like good snap suplexes anymore. Well, that's because Chris Benoit used to do a snap suplex and he killed his family, so you're not allowed to do that anymore. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but nobody does that move anymore. It, it looks so good too when it happens, but I, I don't know. But uh, Matt Borden did a good suplex on Ricky Steamboat. I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I digged it. Oh, and then he um, fucking Ricky Steamboat did a uh, swing and neck breaker that was fucking cool as well. Steamboat did all kinds of cool moves. He did all his arm drags, his signature arm drags. He did like the cool chops. I was like the chop where he like um, He'll go like they'll do a leapfrog over and under thing and or something, and then he'll just do, hit the big chop and they go flying. Mm-hmm. That that that's always cool. Uh, Steamboat's just fucking excellent. That's that's kind of another guy that I think a lot of people forget was so good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say because is there anything else you want to say about this match? No, uh, just because it was. It was just a good length. It wasn't long. wasn't really short. It was just a good wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Steamboat was pretty much in control most of the time. I think this was just a vehicle to make him look good. Yeah. And it did his job. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I gave it a 7.2 out of 10. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to another Steamboat match. Steamboat versus, uh, what is it, Hercules Martinez or something? Hercules Hernandez. Hernandez. Wow, I fucked that up. <laughs> this is a guy that Steamboat probably wrestled a bunch in the uh, Carolinas or Jim Crockett promotions because that's where Hercules used to be a lot too, other than Mid-South wrestling. And I think Steamboat was in Mid-South too. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can tell that they worked together quite a bit. 
Yeah, it was nice, fluid uh, wrestling. Um, they got kind of stiff with each other, too. Yes. And boy, that part where Steamboat was chopping the fuck out of him hard. That's like the hardest chops I've ever seen, I think. And dude, Hercules looked, he looked fucking good. He looked like a somewhat of a Batista type of body a little bit. Yeah, he's like a real big guy who could like move really well. Back then, that's like kind of rare. Mm-hmm. He was fast. I was surprised at his speed, actually. I haven't seen too many Herc matches. I've learned a lot about him from like Jim Cornette podcast and everything. And I was like, that guy seems cool. He seems like he's been in a lot of matches that were good or something. And I just, I didn't see them because territory shit. And I, or I was just too young. Mm-hmm. I, I like when uh, Ricky Steamboat is like getting ready and then all of a sudden Hercules just comes in with like a flying knee to the head. Yeah. He just fucking wham. And like, I like how Grill almost always says, like, oh, he Pearl Harbored him. <laughs> but I think this was in LA, so it was Jesse Ventura. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I this was another good fucking match. It was very, very uh, smooth, fast pace. Uh, Ricky always doing the jump, you know, jumping over the body when they're running the ropes. Did a flying elbow. I remembered in that match. This is when I started waking up a little bit. <laughs> Like, oh my god, there's a good wrestling match again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I just noticed in WrestleMania one he was wearing trunks and in and then WrestleMania two he's wearing pants. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he was like, Oh, you kinda look Oh dude, remember when he uh <laughs> smashed his face into the turnbuckle? Yeah. That was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the finish for this match a lot too. It was another, it, it was because the, the, the first match in WrestleMania 1 uh, was a crossbody. How did this one end again? I forgot. Hurt gets the advantage. He like press slams Ricky Steamboat twice. <laughs> I'm like, damn. And then he just like goes to the top rope. This guy, go, this big guy goes to the top rope and he like, I think he goes for like a splash. Yeah. But then, like, Steamboat gets his knees up and then Hurt sells it like a fucking champ. He like rolls over and like fucking does a headstand or something. <laughs> Steamboat gets up and runs the turnbuckle and crossbodies. And <laughs> <laughs> How long did uh, Hercules Her- Her- uh, Hernandez uh, stay with wrestling? Uh, well, he wrestled a lot in the South before, and he had a WWF run, I think, for a few years in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think he eventually went back to WCW, and then I think he just kind of quietly retired somewhere in the 90s. It looks like here he did some New Japan before he retired. Yeah, that's that's the guy that would be uh, a choice pick for Japan back then. They always like to get like the big American wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked this match. It was fun. Yeah, I gave it a seven point zero out of ten. I gave it seven point twenty five. Okay. Any uh, promos that interest you? Interest, uh, I can't even speak right now. God damn it. Oh, the Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania 2, they kept on like talking about his ribs and stuff because uh, King Kong Bundy uh, fucked it up. And like Hulk Hogan was like, can you stop talking about my ribs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like over that shit. Uh, also, there was like the... Um, it might be jumping around a little bit. Of course, we're jumping around everywhere. Mm-hmm. There was the post... 
Oh, no, we'll do that after we talk about the, the boxing match. Okay. <laughs> and we'll, I, we'll, okay, I got two I got to talk about after certain other parts in this show. Okay. So back to WrestleMania 1, Andre the Giant versus Big John Studd. And this was the uh, career versus $15,000 body slam challenge. That's right. <laughs> I love the promo where Bobby Heenan's t- talking and like Mean Gene is trying to like take the money. And Bobby Heenan is like, can he stop it? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I-, I got a question though. Like, why did they crumple up the money? That annoyed me a little bit. My OCD is like, if you're going to do $15,000, wouldn't you have it, like, nice in dollar bills and shit? They, like, because they didn't have $15,000. They just wanted to make it look like there was a lot of money in that bag. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... This was oh, enough. man. Bringing up money in wrestling is tacky and fake. <laughs> I'm like, no, I think it's, like, fucking legit. Because it's, like, honestly... Look, you get in the wrestling business to try to make money, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, why... I don't understand why, especially at WWF later, like they emphasized money quite a bit in the eighties. Yeah. But like after that, they like got away from it as far as they could. Yeah. So the stipulation in this match was you had to body slam to win. And I think if Andre the giant would have lost, he, he, he had to retire or something. Yeah. And, uh, this was, it felt like it was quick, but apparently it was like five minutes and 55 seconds. Also, I want to say for the record, people will probably go back and watch this. And then $15,000, like, well, that's not a lot of money. Brother, with the inflation calculator, that's $36,000 today. Oh, shit. That's, that's fucking a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see through my notes real quick. See what because all I remember this match because it's not memorable because I think like John uh which by the way Big John sounded great Andre the Giant great um it's just that it was like weird seeing like Andre the Giant try to like lift Big John Stud at times I don't know it's it's funny because you know he totally could fucking throw that guy yeah <laughs> like uh, I don't. I've seen very little of Big John Stud. Actually, this might be the first match I've ever seen him in. Mm-hmm. I've seen Andre in a few things, but like at this point, like Andre was slowing down, getting old, putting on weight. Mm-hmm. And I don't care though, just because Andre is just cool. Dude, his chops are fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, he chops, but he just wham, <laughs> just like damn. Uh, you ever see Andre uh, wrestle when he was younger? No. Oh my god. You gotta see that. You gotta see like Andre and the Giant from like the fucking seventies or something. Dude, he'll do like he does running drop kicks. Jeez. And like tombstone pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> like it's awesome to to watch. Yeah, with with this match though, like John Studd would do some offense where he would get uh Andre in the corner and like start wailing on him. And then once Andre the Giant starts, like, chopping him to fucking death, like, he he would slow down the match like a heel, slowly get back into the ring. Uh, and I forgot how it ended. I, oh, it ended with the slam, pretty much. Yeah, like, he kept kicking him in the leg, 
mm-hmm. to like weaken his base, I guess, so he could slam him. I'm yeah. Like, okay. It made it believable. And when he slammed him, it was a good reaction. Yes. And for a uh, fucking body slam match, like <laughs> you could totally not do something like that now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I think the big selling point after he slammed him, uh, which made me probably give this match a way higher rating than it should be is when Andre the Giant wins and he starts to throw the money into the crowd and like Bobby Heenan comes out of nowhere and just steals the fucking case and runs away. Yeah, that was like total dick move. It was amazing. Yeah. It was total babyface move that Andre won a bunch of money and wanted to throw it to people. <laughs> and like Andre the Giant just he tried to like grab uh John Studd's hair, which by the way, I think John Studd didn't even know he was going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Because he turned around and he was like, what the fuck? I was, I was, after he did that, I wanted to see like a close up on like his, his hand to see if he had like a clump of hair or something. But Maybe. I, I, I get, like I said, I, I think I gave this too high of a score. I gave this a 7.2 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I didn't give it that. I gave it a 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Just because it's it's fine, I get it. It served its purpose. It was cool to see Andre. Yeah, uh, I I'm more into the the big angles Andre, like when they did Hogan and Andre. Yeah, and stuff like that. I think this was building up pretty much, you know, because you have this giant, you know, he's a face, and then obviously Bobby Heenan uh, hires him, uh, and then that's when you know you get the infamous uh, Hulk Hogan versus Andre. Because I, I do like that promo where he just, like, grabs fucking Hulk Hogan's uh, shirt and rips it with one hand. Yeah. I, I always remember that shit. Uh, and then, like, Andre the Giant had a promo at the, after this match, and I didn't understand one word he said. I, I got a little bit of what he was saying, but they cut him off while he was talking, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> it was just like, oh man, Bobby Bobby Andre Slam. It's Andre. Come yeah. on, man. He's like, and then Mean G's like, are you gonna retire? Nah. No, 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 no. <laughs> he starts going and it's like, okay, back to us. <laughs> All right, we're gonna quickly go with this match because uh, it's a battle royale, WWF versus NFL, and. I zoned out, and I know who was going to win, which was Andre the Giant, and that's pretty much how we have the Andre the Giant Battle Royale because of this match. I guess. They also made a note, made sure to tell everybody that Andre has won more Battle Royale than anybody ever. Mm -hmm. So it could also lead from that, too. This sounds like this is something they did multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's not much to say about this. Like, there's a bunch of fucking football players I don't know in this match. It was weird the way they did this. We're like, WWF versus NFL Battle Royal. And I'm like, why? And what's the point of these guest referees and shit? Like, in the first one, they had Muhammad Ali. And in this one, they had, like, all the uh, football, like, coaches and shit. What did they say? Are they just honorary, honorary refs that are on the outside? Those, those football coaches, I don't know, and I don't give a fuck about. Muhammad Ali is Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and then, like, you could sell Muhammad Ali being a special enforcer referee. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to fuck with him, he'll knock you out, brother, even if he is retired or yeah. something. Yeah. But 
Uh, yeah, the only guy I recognized in this match that was a football player was Fridge. Mm-hmm. Because it's the Fridge. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Even a normie, no, I don't, I don't know what the football is. <laughs> Sports ball. The football. <laughs> yeah. Um. Th- this was a big clusterfuck, and this is like I think this is even before they did the Royal Rumble at the at this point. And I don't know that they really knew how to film a battle royal and make it interesting because it was just pretty much hard camera on the ring most of the time. And then sometimes they cut to the floor cameras down there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's just like this one flat angle most of the time. It's just a bunch of guys in the ring at one time fighting each other, and it's too much, and you can't tell what's going on. Yeah, and it's just like, I didn't care for it. I gave it a 3 out of 10 because I was like, cool Andre so I I gave this a 3.5 out of 10 all right a couple reasons yep. Ernie Ladd was on commentary and he was great <laughs> and then I like that part where Fridge tackled a bunch of people and they oversold the fuck out of it yep that was also one of the only times the crowd reacted to it because it was Chicago <laughs> so they would go nuts and Andre won. I liked how the end of it was pretty much just Andre and the Hart Foundation for like a few minutes. Yes, that's what I wanted to bring up. I was like, oh, look, the Hart Foundation. And I love that like they did the tag team shit where they were like throwing uh, Irish whipping each other into him. Yeah. And then they just fucking got like demolished. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. at least they were the final three. Junkyard Dog versus Greg the Hammer Valentine in WrestleMania 1. Oh, hang on a minute. Okay. I can talk about this now. The Iron Sheik was in this battle royal. And then (laughs) after this match, they did a post-match interview with the Iron Sheik for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And I think there was a football player. He was just mad that he got thrown out. And I didn't know who the fuck he was. And I didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) But, But Sheiky Baby started talking. (laughs) <laughs> and he wanted to let us know that wrestler is better than football player. And Iran is number one. Rush is number one. And he was gone. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Gene Mean. Gene uh, Mean. He always calls him Gene Mean. <laughs> I love Iron Sheik. I, I, his Twitter is funny now because he's like, fuck off, Corona. Fuck off, Corona. <laughs> American number one. <laughs> But uh, Junkyard Dog versus Greg Valentine. Um, For IC title. Yeah. And the IC, by the way, the IC title changed from WrestleMania 1 to WrestleMania 2, by the way. I don't it know. did. It, it looked like, you know, the old-fashioned belts in WrestleMania 1, and then WrestleMania 2 looked like it started transforming into, like, these... Uh, not totally, like, play belts like they have today, but, like, transforming into that direction. Well, to me, it's like they they turned into their iconic look, like what everybody actually knows and remembers. Mm -hmm. Like, because, like, I saw that IC title, like that old one, and I'm like, that belt looks fucking horrible, honestly. (laughs) It just looks like just lame. Yeah. It's like this bright green strap, and it's like, it's just like a big plate with like no no relief on it or anything, (laughs) no detail. Yeah. Trying to see my notes because i have so much fucking notes i got a few things to say about this match 
Junkyard Dog was big in uh, during these times. Apparently, he was super popular. He he was very charismatic, and you know I get it. He's kind of an interesting guy, mm-hmm. like just to watch. Uh, I've heard some interesting stories about him from Jim Cornette, though, in that <laughs> when he went to w, like apparently he used to be even better, like when he, when he was in Mid South Wrestling and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like super over too there, uh, but. He also kind of let himself go. <laughs> and this is that point where we see him letting himself go. Uh, he he kind of, he calls him the junk food dog. <laughs> when he talks about what Junkyard Dog went to WWF, he was like, he's a junk food dog now. He let himself go. I do like the move that he does, though. Like, he like goes on all four of his, like, uh, his arms and legs and acts like a dog and headbutts the, his opponent. I always hated that move. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, God, that looks lame. Come on. I feel like that's his gimmick, though, because he's a junkyard dog and all that stuff. And what's with the, on his trunks, it says thump, by the way. Because his finisher was the thump. Oh, God. Do you know what that is? No. It's just a power slam. <laughs> like like a, you know, a Braun Strowman British Bulldog power slam. Yeah. Well, what do you got to say about this match? Because... My notes are kind of small. Uh, yeah, there's just a couple spots that stood out to me. Like, um, uh, <laughs> there's that part where Jimmy Hart tries to get involved and the junkyard dog tries to get him. <laughs> and then Valentine runs behind him to try to blast JYD from behind and he hits Hart. Mm-hmm. And the crowd goes apeshit when that happens, but it looks like Jimmy Hart landed on the back of his head on the outside. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. I think he was okay, though, because it showed, like, a replay of it. And it looked like he kind of tucked his chin in when he did that. Yeah. So he, I don't think he actually hit himself. He was just being awesome. Yeah, he's be, being a good seller. Yeah, um, I, I, I I don't have a lot of notes. The only notes I have is uh, I thought the headbutt of him acting like a dog was funny and cool a little bit. Uh, and then... Greg Valentine did a lot of awesome uh, stretching moves on him as well to, like, wear him down. Yeah, he was doing, like, some holds and stuff. Uh, I noticed on the comeback, JYD had, like, a bunch of heat. And then, like, something happens in the corner, and then Valentine stacks him up, puts his feet on the rope, and just pins him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, like, Tio Santana comes out, I guess because he's been feuding with uh, Greg Valentine. Yeah. And then shenanigans happen, and then the match restarts, and then Hammer gets counted out. <laughs> I'm like, weird booking. Yes. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. I noticed that Tito is the, always the guy that has to tell the referee that somebody cheated, and the referee just looks clueless all the time. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, they didn't have a Titantron. They couldn't play the footage. Yeah. <laughs> I get this a 5 out of 10. Because of that ending, pretty much, I was like, "What?" Well, I get it that they're trying to like put both of them over, and they have to have like this weird finish. But at the same time, I was like, "It was going okay," and then it just it went nowhere. I give this a four point seven five out of ten because I, I thought it was pretty okay up to this up to the ending, and that kind of like made it lame to me. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, "Oh, this is, this is okay," and then that. I don't like the booking of the ending. I just thought that was kind of dumb. Yeah. That happens a lot in WrestleMania 1. There's a lot of like, what? Okay. 
we could talk about this match that was kind of weird uh, for WrestleMania 2, unless you have something else to say. Let me make sure. No. All right. <laughs> Adrian Adonis versus Uncle Elmer. Oh, my God. First of all, somebody, you know, dressing up like a, a, a feminine, feminist, like... Uh, Feminently. Yeah. Before uh, Goldust. So, I don't know. And Jimmy Hart was the manager for this person. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, doing the perfume and shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, me and you were talking about this. We thought Uncle Elmer was, like, part of, like, Hillbilly... What's his name again? Hillbilly, Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim. Like, maybe, like, a tag team partner or maybe somehow storyline related to him, maybe. And we don't know. That's another research that we have to do <laughs> to see what's going on. But um, I don't know. This match was weird. And I just. It, it was honestly like, it sucked. Yeah. The only thing that made it good was Adrian Adonis. He tried so hard. Like, he bumped his ass off. It was insane. Yeah. You see the bumps that guy was taking? Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All for this dude who, like, sucks and he's so slow. Yeah, I didn't. Like, I didn't like Elmer, Uncle Elmer, at all. It's been a while since I've seen Adrian Adonis. Like I knew, pretty. He's a pretty good wrestler, and he was he was interesting because like he used to not be that big. Uh, I always heard he kind of let himself go with like drinking and food, and he just gained all that weight. But somehow he could still wrestle like the same way, <laughs> and and he would bump like that. And I'm like, like it's insane. I don't think anybody really bumped like that back then. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I don't know, you see him and it kind of reminds you, like, you think about how, like, Shawn Michaels bumps or, like, Mr. Perfect or yeah. fucking Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about this match besides, like, uh, Uncle Elmer, like, rips Adrian Adonis's dress and, like, he did, like, a, a female scream when that happened. And I thought that, that was, was funny. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I gave this match a 4 out of 10. I gave it a 3.75 out of 10 because they put Adrian Dawson in there with somebody who just fucking sucks. <laughs> and it's just like, no matter how good he is, he couldn't do anything with him. Yeah. All right. To WrestleMania 1, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov versus the U.S. Express with... Uh... Lou Albano, uh, how do you say his last name? God damn it, Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, I got Albano. Sorry, I said yeah. Albano. <laughs> I got a question. What's with the thing that hangs off his face? I don't know. I think he's got like a weird face piercing. It's weird. It is weird, but Lou Albano is a weird person. Mm-hmm. Oh this... yeah, there's this inter- there's this interview before the match with Baby Frank Blassie and Nikolai Vol and Gene Mean. Yes, <laughs> and it was great. And there's a spe- my favorite part of it though is when Mean Gene addresses Nikolai Volkov and like after Volkov says some shit, he's like, uh, yeah, commie or comrade. <laughs> I was like, ah, that was great. <laughs> and uh by God, was garbage getting tossed in a ring in this match. Yeah, they they did the anthem and then Iron Sheet got mad because people were booing. Mm-hmm. 
because you know that's his friend and he's from russia and russia number one iran number one like the, when they when they were showing the camera of the people people were legit mad they were fucking pissed <laughs> i mean this was during the cold war so like hearing you know russia stuff and all that crap like pissed off americans yeah it did but when the u.s express came out boy did that did they get a fucking pop yeah and it's like uh i don't know if it was like wwf built them up or something or if it was just because of the america thing mm-hmm. uh because i don't know what their positions were in the company at the time like barry windham switched between the two companies quite a bit yeah and honestly, like to his detriment, it seemed like because it seemed like he would never stay anywhere long enough to get like a big push, and then he would like get bored or tired of being there and go to the other place and do the same thing, and the cycle just repeats itself. <laughs> and Mike Rotundo is like good, but he didn't become IRS yet. <laughs> yeah, or Michael Wall Street. <laughs> But this match was really good. I actually digged it a lot. It was fun. Again, I'm not used to seeing Sheik and Volkov be able to move like this and do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, Sheiky baby getting it, man. And of course, the US Express was fucking cool, too. Because I was like, yeah, oh, it was great. Yeah, because I was like, oh, here's, you know, the baby faces. And dude, like, I love tag team wrestling. I don't know how many times I have to say this on the show, but this was like a fucking cornerstone of the tag team because when the US Express, every time they tagged themselves in, they like went on the top rope and they did like the elbow drop onto the arm kind of thing while the teammate was holding it. And I thought that was I thought that was great. Uh Volkov has fucking a great like slap on the chest. Like he would like bend uh, the guy over and he like hit him right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Volkov uh, tells Iron Sheik to put, like, his knee up, and he, like, throws him into it. And, yeah. His foot. It was his foot, because it's got the point on the boot, because he's from Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like you were saying, seeing Iron Sheik run really fast is, like, <laughs> surprising to me. Yeah, because, like, honestly, before... I think the only time I ever really saw the Iron Sheik, and I hate to say it just because I, I like the guy so much, is when he was in the uh, Legend Battle Royal in mm. WrestleMania 17. Yeah. And he, like, who's that guy? And I didn't know who he was back then. And he was slow. He was he was old. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say about this match. I just enjoyed watching it. What about you? It was fun. Uh, I liked the end, too. Where like Frey Blasky throws his cane in and then Sheik blasts fucking wind and with it it fucking explodes. <laughs> you see the top of it go off and just fly out. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, that's when uh, Iron Sheik like had to like crawl into the ring to get it. Hey, that reminds me of that uh the Royal Rumble match Mr. Fuji and they, they had his cane and he hit some somebody grabbed his cane and hit him with it and it fucking exploded and it looked amazing. Oh, Owen Hart, I think. What's it? Yeah, it was Owen Hart. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh my god, they need to do more cane spots. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever cane they're using, they explode really well. I gave this a seven point five out of ten. I gave it a, a six point five out of ten. Okay. Just because uh, I 
I think they, I think the wrong people won. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it's WrestleMania. Mr. Man loves America so much. I think he and, wanted, I think he wanted that heat. I guess he did. It's just, it felt wrong in some way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I still, but I, I still like Cheeky Baby. <laughs> and then he had that promo after it was fucking cool where he's like sweating. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like yelling and sweating, calling him Gene Mean. Yeah. And then Mean Gene calls out Frey Blast. He's like, where you let him hit him with the cane? He's like, what cane? I don't got no cane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's gone. It exploded. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Let's move on to WrestleMania 2 with the uh, British Bulldogs versus the Dream Team. And uh, this is when we start to see uh, Ozzy Osbourne come out with them because you know they're British. And yeah. You have to have a, you know, a British icon with them. I mean, they picked a really good one. Yeah, I, I admit <laughs> it was good. It's just like it's weird seeing Ozzy. And he, I don't know if you noticed, but Ozzy was holding a microphone and I waited for him to speak, but he never spoke. Yeah, I thought he was going to do something, and then, like, nothing ever happened. I guess I guess they were afraid of him cursing, maybe? Yeah, he might do something outrageous, like bite a bat or something. Yeah, fuck it, Wanka. <laughs> but uh, this was another great match, because uh, fucking the British Bulldog that is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, by the way, for this year. Uh, SummerSlam? Yeah. Wait, what? They're doing it to SummerSlam. They moved the Hall of Fame to SummerSlam. Oh, did they? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, and honestly, I was like, that's great, because one of, honestly, Bulldog's best moment of his entire career is the SummerSlam. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. No, this is WrestleMania 2, right? Yep, okay. Uh, you, you started off, because I'm looking at my notes. Okay. This... Now we got Mean Gene on Gorilla on commentary now, which is fine. <laughs> totally fine. Um, man, Dynamite Kid was great. Like, if you never saw that much of him, you can see a little glimpse of him in this match. He's, like, so fast. Mm-hmm. And he just he goes all in on everything he does. And when you watch him wrestle, though, you know, you see, like, that's, that's, that is exactly who Chris Benoit patterned himself on. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there was some bench presses in this match as well. And Lou Alba- uh, Alba- I can't even say Albano, Albano, whatever. Albano. Albano. Uh, he looked more fucking weird. Like he looked like a Mick Foley on how he was. Doing. <laughs> he kind of did, yeah. He had um, he had the Nike shoes, like a sweatpants, and like he still had that stupid piercing. By the way, he did. Mm-hmm. I think in this match also, I want to say, I think Bruce Beefcake did a better job in this match than in the last WrestleMania. Uh, maybe he got better. Uh, and Greg Valentine also had a better outing here in this match, I thought. Uh, he did most of the work for the other team, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, also like how fucking Davy Boy goes all in with his power. If you notice, every time he does like a power move, suplexes somebody, or he like power slams them or something, yeah, or he uh, press slams them, he bounces with it, and it just makes it look like it's that more much more impactful. He's like, bam, he jumps, or he like bounces off the mat with the guy. I got a question though, like, what happened to Dynamite Kid at the end? Did he get hurt? 
Um, Dynamite Kid wrestled a very high impact, fucking high risk style, and obviously. But when he got to WWF, he was abusing steroids like crazy. He used to not look like that. Okay. Like he used to be smaller. He used to be like probably Bret Hart size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like when he got to WWF, he did he did steroids like crazy and blew up. Like if you go like look for Dynamite Kid Stampede Wrestling or something, and you might see some pictures of what he looked like before. Um, and. Uh, he, injuries were like building up from him wrestling that style and just putting on all that muscle weight. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually he got out of WWF. He wrestled in Japan the rest of the And he had like a really bad back injury that pretty much fucking crippled him. Yeah. So that and the steroid abuse just caught up with him. Yeah, because at the end, like when, uh, and I know I'm not, I am jumping around, but like when they won and stuff, like kind of my kid was like on the outside, like hunched over, and like uh, Davy Boy had to come in and do like the the promo pretty much to talk to Mean Gene. I don't know what happened there. Uh, I'm not sure if he was just selling and like he bladed, mm-hmm. or or what, or like it was an accident. Because that was the other thing too. Is like despite how weird the finish was, I liked it. Yeah, because <laughs> like. It's like Dynamite just sticks his head over the ropes and then Davey grabs Valentine and just fucking runs him into his head as hard as he can. It looks like. And Greg, Greg, <laughs> that pigeon. And Greg Valentine and Brutus uh, uh, Beefcake. Like, that was a weird tag team to me. Yeah, see, they did those throw-together tag teams even back then. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're not... They're called the Dream Team, and I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean... Greg Valentine seems like a pretty big deal wrestler. He's been Intercontinental Champion a couple of times, but like fucking who's Bruce Beefcake? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about is the one of the greatest WWF tag team titles. Uh they had the the Attitude Era one uh, titles started there, right? Correct? That's the same one. Yeah, that's that's the tag titles they used from that point on to like two thousand two. Yeah, I, I like that tag titles. Yeah, those are the that's the classic ones. Then they split them and they gave SmackDown and Raw a title, <laughs> and they had like they they looked fine too. Um, but yeah, that's the one I always remember is that one. Mm-hmm. What do you think is match though? Like, what do you score it? I gave this also a seven point five out of ten. I gave it seven point Okay. It was good, though. I always like British Bulldogs. All right. Uh, let's get this other tag team match out of the way, and let's like quickly go through it real quick, because it's the Funk Brothers versus uh, Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog. And I, makeshift tag team. And I wrote, why? <laughs> why is yeah, that? I don't know why. But like, You know why? I don't give a fuck, because Terry Funk is here. Dude, Terry Funk was fucking crazy. This was like pre-hardcore, and like you could tell he wanted to be hardcore in that match. <laughs> That's just how Terry Funk is. <laughs> That's like Terry Funk is probably one of the guys that helped originate shit like that back then. Because mm-hmm. he he was pretty much had like a crazy man gimmick. That's that's literally like what he does. Yeah, he fucking grabs weapons and says crazy shit and yells at you and calls you a son of a bitch. He was like, <laughs> he was like harassing the referee. Uh, yeah, he was like 
he was throwing himself. He was selling really, really well. Uh, I thought he was gonna. Well, he eventually did go uh, onto the table and shit. But like, he, there was a po point where I was like, "Is he gonna throw himself into the table?" But he didn't. I think because he's like, "Am I supposed to do this spot now?" <laughs> like he wanted to do it right away to get the. Call. Yeah, was, this match was like crazy, but like I liked it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, this is my favorite match out of all the ones we've seen through both of these shows. I like this one the best. Oh, really? Yeah, just because it was so crazy. Like, I don't know. I like Terry Funk a lot just because I know how he is. Mm -hmm. And and they call him Haas Funk, but that's Dory Funk. That That's his older brother. Uh, that's the guy who helped. Uh, he had, like, a training school for WWF for a bit before they had developmental mm -hmm. called the Funkin' Dojo. <laughs> yeah, but um, Dory Funk was pretty good, too, actually. Yeah. I've never really I've never seen him wrestle ever somehow. Yeah, I, I I thought this match was uh, I only get I gave it a low score, but not low because it was trash. I gave it a low score because I was like Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog. I just I don't I don't, I think they had bad chemistry. I think it was just like let's just put them against the Funk Brothers. They're just baby faces, you know. All baby faces are friends, and they hang out. <laughs> that's just that's how that is. Yeah, Terry Funk it was the the show of that match. He was, he was the star of the show in this fucking match. <laughs> he was going crazy, selling like a madman, bumping like doing all these crazy bumps. He fucking did three get thrown outside over the top rope onto the floor bumps in a row. Yeah, and not in a row, but like he did it three different times in this match. And near the concrete, by the way. Yeah, the third one was the craziest one. Like I think was it J? Yeah, JYD backdropped him onto the floor from the ring mm -hmm. i was like fuck it was like a crazy bump for that time i was like holy shit <laughs> but uh i have nothing else to say about this match what about you um there was a really cool suplex reversal spot with tito and terry that i liked and i've never seen that before um i think terry tries to suplex him and then it looks like tito is like trying to get out of it Mm -hmm. And they hang for a minute, and then he kind of like comes back down, spins around, and just suplexes him. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of cool. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that part where JYD slams Terry on the table. And like, Whoa, table spot. Yeah, I wrote that as well. I was like, wow, table. <laughs> Jimmy Hart throws the megaphone Terry, and he clocks JYD for the pin. Yes. And then Tito, like, lost his mind. What the f- No! <laughs> So I gave it a seven point five out of ten. See, I'm I'm the opposite. I gave it a six out of ten. This is I, th this is just so different from like a usual WWF match back. That's I think that's why I like it so much because it's just they let Terry Funk kind of be Terry Funk, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that helped. Yeah. All right. So Mr. T versus Roddy Piper in WrestleMania two. Um, the boxing match. Yeah, I, I the the star of this uh of this match is pretty much Roddy Piper doing the promo. Um uh, the boxing match I thought was really boring and I knew where it was ending up because you can't have Roddy Piper beat Mr. T in a boxing match. Because that's Mr. T's thing. He's a boxer. Is he really a boxer? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Like I wasn't sure about that. I didn't bother to look it up or anything. 
so I knew like Roddy Piper was gonna like, cause like uh, it was another stipulation. If he would have gotten knocked out or something, he would quit the WWF or something. And uh, pretty much Piper uh, body slams him or pushes the referee first and then body slams him, and pretty much gets disqualified. And Mr. T wins. And there's like a brawl, just like how like. In, in boxing matches when people are doing shitty shit, like there was like a brawl between both teams and stuff that are taking care of each other. Uh, mm-hmm. t- taking care of the boxer. Oh, Roddy Piper, his promo. Why is he talking like that? It's hilarious. <laughs> He's just doing a thing. He just knows he knows what to do to be annoying. I think he was trying to be annoying is what it was. And it, it worked back then. Because goddamn it, every time Roddy Piper gets in the ring back then, they start throwing garbage at him and everything. <laughs> they hate him. Yeah. Um, and then he talked about how he's gonna, he, he's not gonna shave his head like an Indian and uh, dye himself black. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? And it kind of makes you wonder because at some point Roddy Piper paints himself half black. Yeah, when he fights Bad News Allen. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> is, is Roddy Piper racist? I I don't know. Is his pers- or is it is just his persona, or is I think I think it's just his persona. I've never heard any kind of story. Man, that's some pretty edgy shit. Even back then, kind of, he's like being overtly like kind of racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what, what did you have to say about this match? Because there's really nothing to talk about besides Roddy doing that promo. Um. I thought it was interesting that in the boxing match, like this was weird. Cause like at first I was like, this is probably going to be, this is going to suck. But I sort of kind of got what they were trying to do as I was watching it. They're mm. trying to work a boxing match essentially. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they pulled it off. Yeah. Cause as it was going, I, I, I got more into it. And they were um, and they were hitting each other. By the way, it wasn't like they pulled back. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed like they got some pretty good hits in a few times. And I was like, "This is this is actually kind of cool." <laughs> like, I think Roddy, uh, Roddy Piper got crazy where he was not blocking anymore, and he was just taking punch punches from Mister T. Yeah, I figure he just did it to make him look good. Mm-hmm. We're, they're wearing gloves. He he smashed a beer bottle over his fucking head for a promo. <laughs> <laughs> He's done worse to himself. Um, I noticed at some point the crowd started chanting for Roddy in this match, and I thought that was crazy. Is Did it, you I, notice that? Yeah, I noticed it because, like I said, it, he was he was throwing some punches as uh, good as well. Yeah. And usually wrestlers, when they're putting in type uh, like a UFC or a, a boxing match, they're not that great unless you're not, you know you. You're Brock Lesnar or something, right? But, but uh, yeah, it just went on like it it kind it kind of picked up more like with intensity and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like the end of it because it was just like Piper just said "fuck it," just scoop slammed him and got disqualified. <laughs> I was like, "That's great." I I mean I knew that was it was going that way because. It's something about you can't make somebody look stupid in their own sport. And I couldn't see Vince McMahon, like, burying Mr. T. Yeah. And, you know, like, Roddy Piper was also able to get away. He ended up looking good, even though he's not a boxer. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, they got Mr. T over more. Mm-hmm. Though he just, you know, he didn't lose. Roddy Piper just fucking threw the fight kind of in a way. Yeah. I gave this a 6.99 out of 10. I gave this a 6.75 out of 10. Ooh, we're pretty close. That's cool. Yeah. All right, we got the final two main events. So we're going to go to WrestleMania 1. Hulk Hogan, Mr. T versus Paul Orndorff, and Roddy Piper. And I wrote, Roddy Piper had a cool fucking entrance. Yeah, he did. And then Paul Orndorff was just there. <laughs> well, what kind of sucks is uh, some of the build is missing from this. Some of the context is. Mm-hmm. And before this, like Paul Orndorff was like one of Hogan's friends, and he fucking turned on him. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then I believe Hulk Hogan's like, "I'm gonna bring somebody, brother," and he brought Mr. T. Yeah, Mr. T, brother. He also mm-hmm. hangs out with Jimmy Snuka, apparently, who is a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that's probably off collar, but what? Fuck it. <laughs> um. Oh, and like, uh, and then they had Bob Orton as the. Uh, they're, you know, third person on the side of the ring. Ace Cowboy Bob Orton. Mm-hmm. He's an ace cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like Cowboy Bob Orton. He's good. Uh, man, what? This is when they, like, fucking blasted us with celebrities. Like, they, <laughs> like first it was, like, the guy who used to manage the Yankees. And I'm like, okay. Oh, Billy, Billy Martin. Yeah. I like, I don't, I've never heard of him, but I know who the Yankees are. So like, and then it's like, here's Mar- Mariachi or something like that. Liberace. Liberace. That's funny because I know who he is. I'm like, why? That was like the first one where I was like, why is he? What? And he's like, dan- he's dancing with the girls. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And he was the guest timekeeper. And he had like a little bell, like a little servant bell. <laughs> to like ring your servant over. And then, uh. Muhammad Ali was like the special enforcer referee, I guess. That's fine. It's it's Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I, I didn't really mind him. Um This match. I don't I don't know what it is about Hulk Hogan, but he pisses me off in some matches. I you know, I've as I've gotten older, I've come kind of appreciate the Hulkster for what he is, even more than I used to. Mm-hmm. So uh Hogan didn't piss me off in this match or anything. I guess I'll let you explain here in a minute, but I just flat out didn't think this was good. And honestly, it reminded me a lot of an AEW match, and that drove me insane. Yeah, there was there was a lot of chaos in this match. There was just a lot of like, oh, they're just getting in there and fighting each other. Pat, do something. Pat Patterson is also the referee, and that's really... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh... It had a ton of heat, though. There was a bunch of heat for this match. Yes. Everybody hated Piper, and uh, Paul, uh, Mr. Wonderful was, like, going crazy. He looked like he was roided up to, like, 11 <laughs> if there was a scale. I allegedly have heard multiple times he never did steroids. Really? Yeah. I think that guy was just a gym fanatic or something. I guess. What do you think of Mr. T? He was good. I, like he, he he was really good in this. Yeah, I was highly surprised that he was pretty decent. I thought he would just be like, "All right, I'm gonna do one move and then tag in Hogan." But there was a there was a part where like Mr. T was in there for a while, 
going against Piper. And I was like, this is fucking cool. Well, I think because we know Mr. T pretty well now because of the Hall of Fame speech. It's about his mama. Yeah, among other things. But mostly his mama. Mr. T has like that work ethic. Mm-hmm. And like when he goes to do something, he takes it very seriously and he 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 tries his best. And it, obviously that happened here. Yeah. And I guess this was like the match where they had the the idea, the love affair of like, what if we get celebrities involved in wrestling? Mm-hmm. And like they wrestle. And like Mr. T was like the genesis of that, I think. There there was a part where Mr. T like lifts uh Piper on his shoulder and just like slams him. And I was yeah, like, he just did like a fireman carry slam. Yeah, I was like, that's fucking cool. And then pretty much after that, like everybody went fucking nuts. Like everybody started fighting and like Pat Patterson like lost the crowd. And like Muhammad Ali came out and started, like yeah. started pushing Roddy Piper out of the ring. <laughs> it got crazy. And then like Piper and Norndorf selling like crash dummy. Mm-hmm. And fucking Piper hit Hogan with a chair, and Patterson, Pat Patterson saw this and did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, you're just going to let that slide? Okay, I guess you hate Hogan, too. Did, did you see when Muhammad Ali was, like, punched uh, Bob Orton in the face? Yeah, he tried to swing at him, and Bob Orton, like, backed off. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. He almost got it. Yeah. And then, like, they showed Billy Barton just, like, laughing. He's like, this is crazy. <laughs> I, it was crazy. <laughs> Uh, would you, the finish is what, because it was still going crazy, because, like, Mr. T is, like, slamming Piper, and then Paul Orndorff comes in, and, like, Mr. T, like, raked his eyes a little bit, and then, yeah. and then they won, because, uh, Bob Orton, uh, went on the top rope, and did, like, that, uh, was it act handle, and he hit Mr. Wonderful, yeah, well, Bob Borton has had a broken arm for multiple years. So it never heals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he always did like the axe handle with the with the cast arm. And yeah, Hogan was able to kind of like move Orndorff into the way of getting hit with it. And then he pinned him. Yeah. And what were they was like Hulk Hogan be like, hey, man, you know, Piper left you. They're not really your friends. And Paul Orndorff just like gets pissed off and leaves the ring. Yeah, like Mr. T was trying to help him up and shit. What a baby face. Yeah. And then like fucking yeah, Hogan was like turns like, brother, I'm sorry, brother, but they left you. They're not your brother. <laughs> and yeah, he got mad. And I was like, that's kind of interesting that they did that. You yeah. Know? And and then uh, it then it ended. Yeah. And, and it was then, over. And it was over, and I just didn't care for it. <laughs> what did you score it? I, I gave it a six point five out of ten because of uh, Paul Underoff, uh Mr. T, and Piper, obviously, and like I guess the cra- craziness of like them trying to finish a storyline in a way. Of, yeah. Of like being like brother, we're you know we're still friends, and he's like fuck you, and I'm out of here. <laughs> he turned babyface next year. It's okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly gave this a three point seven five out. Oh shit! <laughs> I didn't like it. It was just a big clusterfuck. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love everybody involved in this. And like, Mister T had some good moments and everything. But like, when it broke down and shit, and just what they, I can't. 
you know, I can't continually trash AEW's tag team matches if I don't also trash other tag matches that do that. Yeah. And that's why I was like, God damn it, this is an AEW tag match. I see where Tony Khan gets his inspiration. He loves this match. (laughs) (laughs) Good Uh, post-match promo by Hogan. Yes. Like, you know, it's a typical Hogan promo with him sweating and then Mr. T also sweating. (laughs) Sweating profusely and saying, brother. Yeah. (laughs) Saying something about America. Yeah. (laughs) Do your prayers, eat your vitamins. All right, we won't get the score yet for the final thing for WrestleMania 1, but let's go to WrestleMania 2, which is another Hulk Hogan match, but thank God it's a singles match. Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy in a steel cage match. Uh, oh, yeah, but before we do that, okay. what did you think of like the, the build-up segments before the match, like when they were building the cage? Oh, I didn't even see that part. I, you I, didn't see that? No, I didn't. Maybe I just didn't pay attention, but tell me what happened. Okay, so, like, yeah, they did this to kill time where they were building the cage, and, like, uh, they showed, I think this was previously filmed, and it was, like, Mean Gene at Hogan's private gym were training, and he's trying to, you know, strengthen his... Oh, i seen that. i seen that. Yeah. Uh, I liked that segment. It was really cool just because it was different. Mm-hmm. It was, like, they were talking to Hogan in his gym, and, you know, Hogan looks like he's hurt, brother. And he's, he's trying to work through the pain, though, dude, because he's the, the world's heavyweight champion. And then, like, Mean Gene is like, he, all right, you don't have to prove it, but you know it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, dude, like, he put 100 pounds on his neck and was trying to do chin-ups. He's like, Hulk, stop. You don't have to do this. I understand. <laughs> like, doctor, could he, get, could he seriously hurt himself? And he's like, yeah, he could. <laughs> Why aren't you stopping him? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like that segment. And it, it, was, it was actually, to me, it was – it was an interesting Hogan interviewer promo because it was just so different from like the usual one. Yeah. Cause it looked like he was gonna, you know, possibly lose because, you know, he has broken ribs, brother. He's took, he took it like more seriously than usual. Yeah. And that worked. And then the interview with Heenan and Bundy in Ventura, that was good too. Mm-hmm. Cause I, Oh, kind of go back where Hulk Hogan was talking to Jesse Ventura and like Hulk Hogan is like, you know, I'm not like you and do like some shady stuff. And he's like, nice guys always finish last or something like that. Or nice guys don't always finish first. Yeah. (laughs) He did that fucking laugh. I'm like, that's awesome. (laughs) Uh, One thing I noted in this match is that Elvira loved Hulk Hogan, by the way. What? Elvira, yeah, she like was always making comments, be like, Hulk Hogan's, you know, he's he, he's gonna win, he's gonna win, and like Jesse Ventura, like, shut up. <laughs> I'm not gonna, we're not gonna hang out later. If you, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like made a comment, like, okay, go beat Hulk Hogan, and then I'll date you. And like Jesse, <laughs> Jesse Ventura doesn't say shit after that. <laughs> I would have been like, hang on, I'm gonna work on my comeback real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I would have anyway. Fuck. <laughs> But uh, I was actually impressed with Hulk Hogan in this match because this is pretty solid. This is a pretty solid match. I, nobody really talks about this one that much, though. You know, mm-hmm. everybody always talks about like, oh, Mr. T and Hogan and Piper, yeah. the one we just got done talking about, or Hogan and Andre and Hogan and Macho Man and Hogan and fucking Ultimate Warrior, etc. 
this one gets kind of forgotten about, it seems like. Yeah, and uh, King Kong Bundy, big fucking dude. I keep on forgetting how big he is. What happened to Bundy? I, I, I He became a serial killer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like, I, like, I kind of wonder, like, what happened to him after this? Because, like, I guess he was still there for a while, but, like, it seemed like he just kind of, like, fell off. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. He seemed like a pretty decent big man, good heel. You know, really good main event heel. Like, um, well, yeah. I, it's another thing I'm going to have to research. Yeah, I always... What I liked about this match is, like, every time King Kong was about to go through the door, like, Bobby Heenan, like, yelled at the referee. like <laughs> He's trying to help him. He's, yeah. like, grabbing his hand. He's like, come on! <laughs> come on, Bundy! And then every time uh, Hulk Hogan would climb the cage, Bobby Heenan would be on the other side. And it would just be unfair and all that stuff. But like it, it it was a typical Hulk Hogan match, but like not too typical because he did Hulk up at, at some point. And I gotta say, he did bury fucking Buddy's finisher with Hulk. Up, though. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he no sold his finisher. Come on. And then that's when the leg drop happened. And uh, the only thing I kind of got confused about is the camera shot like you see hulk hogan climb and then they cut away to to king kong and then and then you just see like hulk hogan like drop to the ground in like the distance it's like he just yeah. he escaped he escaped he won he won he did it mm-hmm. and then uh <laughs> hulk hogan's in the middle of the ring he's celebrating and shit and i i wrote this down i was like huh they didn't loop his music because like at the end, you just hear like a little silent. It's like I am a real American, and then he started doing his celebration. I don't have a lot of things to talk about this. I just enjoyed it. It was kind of different, and I. Th- I got a few things to say. Okay. The blue cage. Yes, bring that oh, back. I think this was. I think this was the first appearance of it. Hmm. And like, yeah, the blue. I always heard stories like the guys that used to wrestle in the blue cage. They say it hurts. Well, maybe that's why they switched to the link fence. I think they did because everybody always said that blue cage fucking hurts, man. <laughs> um, I gotta give props to Hogan selling in this match. Yes, he sold pretty well. Usually, he he is not in a position where he sells like this much. And uh, yeah, Hulk throws Bundy in the cage for blood. This was also more violent than a usual Hogan match. Yeah. Like, he's punching him in the head where he busted him open and shit. I'm like, damn, Hogan's out for blood, brother. Here we go. <laughs> uh, was Hogan the originator of the shaky leg taser cell? I, Did you notice that? Like, yeah. a few times a bunny hit him and, like, Hogan would start shaking. His leg would start shaking and shit. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know if anybody that sold like that before him. And people started doing that in the future, so... Like Devon, he's like a master of it. <laughs> he'll, 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 his whole body will shake. Like he's having a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about hulking up. I like how his back miraculously healed. Yeah. That's the only thing I kind of like. I wish he would still sell it a little bit. And I wish, I wish he kind of didn't go over the, the steel cage. I kind of wish he like went towards the door. And like kicked it open, and Bobby Heenan like get knocked out or something. I learned from Jim Cornette, this is a way that like WWF and uh, 
WCW or Jim Crockett promotions differed quite a bit was in a cage match. Uh, apparently, WWF came up with the you have to escape from the cage rule. Uh, whereas uh, Jim Crockett promotions, you just fought in a fucking cage, and that was the whole idea of stuck mm-hmm. in a cage and nobody could get out. And well, I don't know, they slashed, you know, blood. Well, I liked this because there was no pen, it was only escape. Like now in modern, it's either you pin or can escape. You know, back when I was younger, I always thought, even when I was even when I was a kid, I thought it was dumb that you had to escape the cage. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I was just like, "That's so lame. Why? Why don't you just beat him up? He can't escape. Like that's the whole point." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter that much. I'm not. I don't really hate the guy escape thing, especially because, like you just pointed out, they kind of don't really do that. Yeah. They don't really have cage matches, though. Like, they kind of stopped. I feel like because Hell in a Cell just kind of, like, makes it a real point. I like AEW because AEW is, like, when they have special matches is when they bring out that stuff. It's not like WWE where it's like, we're going to have a steel cage match because, you know, uh, we got to do something different since this is the fifth time this person is facing each other. Fucking the tenth, maybe. Yeah. But, uh... Oh yeah! After the match, Hulk, beat, Hulk beats Heenan up, and it's awesome because Heenan sells like a fucking boss. Yeah, <laughs> he like threw him into the cage, and Heenan just ragdolled when he hit the cage and like flopped out of the rope like he got whiplash and shit. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Oh man, I gave this an eight point two out of ten. Oh wow! Yeah, I liked it. You, ra- you rated that a lot higher than I thought you would. Mm-hmm. I gave it a six point five out of ten. Okay. Um, just. It's 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 pretty good. It's okay. Like it's uh I don't know. Maybe my opinion on Hogan will change more like when he wrestles Macho Man, you know, like WrestleMania 4. Mhm. Or something. I know that's like, well, he's wrestling Macho Man. It's like I I know maybe that's not fair. But <laughs> uh who knows? We're all, we're going to watch more old stuff over time. Yeah. So. All right, so time for final scores for both um shows so wrestlemania one this is what i wrote three things i thought it had a better presentation on how they were showing the promos and how they were showing the matches i thought uh, they were very timely matches they weren't like 30 minutes like other uh, corporations today uh or federation and i thought the commentating was good uh i give this a 6.95 out of 10 okay i Wrote, very rough first outing. Show moved constantly, maybe in a bad way. I kind of felt like they were moving too quickly. Mm-hmm. It was almost like there wasn't any time to like really take in what you just saw. Um, backst- I didn't like how they did the backstage promos here. I thought it was with a few exceptions. There was a couple times where certain guys were just, they were just too charismatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it didn't hamper them. Uh, there is absolutely no reason to watch this show for historical purposes. Yeah, in my opinion, it's far more interesting to listen to people talk about WrestleMania or read about it than watch it. Mm-hmm. Four point twenty-five out of ten. Jeez. All right, not not good, but it's not like oh my god, this is all. <laughs> yeah. So WrestleMania two. 
Uh, the only thing I wrote was, wow, a clusterfuck, but a few good matches, and I wish the commentating was better. I gave this a 6.65 out of 10. Yeah, I wrote kind of an uneven show. A ton of technical errors. I was surprised by how many technical errors, because I know that, like, the WWF's production is, like, always one of their biggest things. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, I was stunned by how many just errors there were. Because they spread themselves thin throughout the country, so. I guess so. You feel like they'd have time to make sure all this shit's ready. There were so many things wrong, like audio levels on the commentators, or, like, sometimes you could hear the ring, mm-hmm. like, too too much, or, like, somebody else's audio is fucked up, or, like, the video's fucked up, or it's out of sync, or whatever. It happened a lot. Yeah. If you took it, if you did a drinking game challenge for them, you'd be drunk. <laughs> you might have a hangover the next day. Yeah. Um, too much celebrity involvement. Yes. Oh my God. There's so many. And there were just so many. I didn't know who the fuck they were. Like, especially the second woman, the one they had that was the actress in Chicago. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this is. <laughs> I have no idea who this is. And they kept introducing other people like Herb. <laughs> like who the fuck is Herb? His name's just Herb. And people went nuts I, like they knew him. But no, who is Herb? <laughs> I guess I'm not enough of a boomer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um how many celebrities did you know from this WrestleMania? Uh I knew the uh baseball coach from LA. Uh I did know um what the fuck is his name? Ozzy Osbourne, uh, uh, yeah. obviously. I guess that's it. Fridge. Fridge, yeah. Freaking uh, Joe Frazier. Oh, yeah, he was there, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. T, I guess, counts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And But everybody else was like, who is that? <laughs> there was like some <laughs> random kid in the, the Steel Cage one where he came in when that other actor that played those TV shows showed up. And I was like, I was like, who's another actor that played in those TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just wanted to write, write that down to like, Hey, how many celebrities did you know? Just cause I thought it'd be fun. Um, 5.25 out of 10. Uh, yeah. Mm. I feel like they tried harder. Like honestly, like WrestleMania doesn't feel like WrestleMania. Yeah at all there's a lot of like really fast matches or matches that are just kind of this one felt like they tried to have more interesting epic matches like that fuck we we hired a wild man named terry funk to come in and just be crazy <laughs> and, and that happened and like ricky steamboat is awesome and the macho man is here i agree they they tried to do more and but i just it was such a clusterfuck all right guys so that was WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2. What are we going to be doing during this weekend? Are we going to be watching the, uh, the two-night special of WrestleMania? Hell no. Because no. I think it's going to be garbage. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be watching our favorite WrestleManias. Um, we're going to be watching WrestleMania 24, which was mine. And then, Zach, you said yours is WrestleMania 17, right? Yes, WrestleMania X7 or <laughs> 17. <laughs> And so we're going to be watching that, and we're just going to do the same thing, and we're going to, you know, talk about it and review it. Uh, if you want to catch more of Getting Some Color, make sure you go to nobnetwork.podpeen.com. 
Uh, if you want to watch Big Trouble Little Podcast, where we did our episode 100 of Suspiria, and soon we're going to be doing some gaming stuff on there, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com or catch us on twitch.tv slash jojubs35, where I'm also streaming this episode right now. But until next time, everybody, keep on wrestling. I don't, I don't know what a sign-off we're going to have. <laughs> keep getting some collar. Yeah, there we go. Zach got it. That's why we're going to keep on getting some color. Peace out, everybody.